Hello, and welcome to Kick Out 299. I am Rachel. My pronouns are they, them. And I cried while learning about natural vibes for this episode. And I'm Alicia. My pronouns are she, her. Today, we sat down with our good friends, Zavi and Zaki, to bring you our episode on Dragon Gate faction history. Neither Rachel nor I were terribly familiar with Dragon Gate going into this episode, so learning more about it from two well-versed fans was a really fun and educational experience. This promotion is well known for its colorful factions and fast-paced storytelling, so there is a lot to learn and experience, and we're so excited to share it with all of you today. So, without further ado, let's get into it. We're here today with our friends Zaki and Zavi to talk about Dragon Gate factions. Can both of you introduce yourselves and give us your names, your pronouns, where you're from, and any other information you'd like to? Uh, okay, well, my name is Zaki. I I am on Twitter as KidOmega91. I also have my own podcast that's currently dormant, but I will be bringing it back soon under DG Hurricane 91 and my pronouns are he, she, but I also use they, uh, preferably he or she, either or is good for me. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And as many people probably know, because I make a lot of terrible tweets, <laughs> I am Xavier. Uh, you can find me at a dumb millennial or at LWOS Xavier. That is where you will find most of my writings and my video edits. Uh, I also have a podcast called the Stardust Press Podcast uh, on uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, you know, you get your podcast. Uh, and thanks for thinking of me whenever putting together this episode. Always, always. Yeah, we wouldn't want anybody else, truly. <laughs> no, we, uh, we're definitely really excited to have you. So let's get into it. Let's start talking about Dragon Gate factions and booking. I am super, super excited. I was reading through this and it's going to be a wild ride. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Sounds good. Sounds good. So uh, we'll, we'll start off in the Toymon era because that's where everything starts. Dragon Gate didn't, this is going to sound weird, but it didn't start out as Dragon Gate. Uh, it started out as Toymon Japan. It was a gem uh, well, it was a gym in Mexico first, uh, opened up by Ultimo Dragon, where he had his training school and he started training a bunch of students and uh, began putting on shows. But that all happened in Mexico. Torimon Japan itself, whenever it came to uh, their native land, opened up in 1999. That's where, you know, you got your first bit of what Dragon Gate would be, you know, formed into over the years. Uh, Torimon soon catch fire after a little bit and that's where we will find our first wave of units so starting off we have crazy max it was formed in 1997 by shima nobunaga judo suwa sumo fuji now known as shima suwa and don fuji respectively the initials of the stable were originally stated to be like looks like a square or an ox in a triangle it's a uh, it's kind of like japanese tic-tac-toe essentially uh but soon Sue just suggested it would just be crazy max and you know it'd just be a bunch of crazy guys you know as far as for the unit uh later taru would join the group 
and temporarily took the name C-Max with T. This was a parody of singer H. Jungle with T. While members of this group soon came and gone, this was the core four, so to speak. Every group has members that the group is most synonymous with. This was the core four. So uh, they eventually took on this logo, which was like this flower of evil. It's what is even used now whenever they do the Toymon reunion shows. It'll be this reminiscent logo that's like this flower of evil. But outside of this core, the unit was deeply volatile and seemed to set a standard for what we know for Dragon Gate and their booking. Frequently, members would join and often be expelled from the unit. Happens all the time. Uh, Makoto ended up joining the unit in October 10th, 2000, only to later lose Hitaru, and a loser leaves the unit match, kicking him from the unit. His run in the unit wasn't long at all, uh, from what I remember. It was just kind of a trial, and it just didn't last long. Soul Creature Cow was also kicked from the unit in January of 2001, under the reasoning being he simply was not angry enough. Uh, this kind of sets the tone of the unit. They were heels. They were evil. They wanted to cause trouble. That's essentially their go-to. Uh, and you still see that blueprint in some hill units today is they just want to cause trouble. And that's really all the good justification you need for being a hill unit in Dragon Gate. In July of 2004, they moved their activities from Torimon Japan to Dragon Gate due to the split that had happened with uh, Torimon and Dragon Gate, which, you know, it's it's a whole nother ordeal. But uh, in the end, it, you know, started to break off because Sua left Dragon Gate. He ended up going to Noah. And then Taru also left Dragon Gate. And everyone eventually went their separate ways with Shima, Don Fuji, and the member at the time, Shingo Takagi, leaving to form Waku Waku Fuji Land. And this effectively ended the unit. So funnily enough, they were still technically crazy, Max. But uh, there was this Dreamgate match with Shima, who was the champion at the time and Masaki Mochizuki and there was a stipulation put at play that if Shima won because you know he was arrogant he's he Shima you know Shima and he was just like all right if I win you have to change your name to Machaki and join the Florida brothers and Mochi was like all right that's cool so he looked at Shingo uh, Fuji and Shima he's like all right if I win then y'all have to rename yourselves to Waku Waku Fuji land and that's kind of how <laughs> that was born <laughs> That's so uh, I found that and I was like, wow, that's the most Masaki Mochizuki thing I've ever heard in my life. But OK. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, the year of 2000 in Toymon, it saw the rise of a new unit after, you know, the home army and Crazy Max. Everybody's got a Sekigun, but uh, they were just called the Toymon home army. Uh, as rebellious newcomers, Susumu Mochizuki and Yasushi Kondo would align with the newly healed Masaki Mach Mochizuki to form M2K. This was based on their initials being Mochizuki, Mochizuki, and Kondo. So that's why it's M2K. Um, while C-Max was a beloved Rudo unit, M2K were really despised and this was mostly because of their tendency to end matches with double countouts. And the reasoning behind this is they want to make both their opponents upset and they want to send the fans home angry because they do not care. <laughs> um, the unit will go on to expand and reach different levels by having members such as Genki Horiguchi, Chaco Ball Kobe, or Chaco Flake Keiichi, and Darkness Dragger, Dragon, later Kness, uh, achieving rather rather decent success uh the first major defeat would come at the hands of crazy max rivals as susumu and kanda lost their hair to taru and stalker ichikawa and later masaki would lose his hair to rival shima 
After he lost his hair, Masaki declared that he and M2K would fight clean, but the rest of the members disagree and booted him out, and he would go on to rejoin the home army. This would eventually lead to the infamous Mochizuki contra Mochizuki match, where the loser would have to rename themselves to their hometown. Susumu lost this match, where he had to rename himself to Susumu Yokosuka. And because of this, Magnum was offered the role as M2K leader. He declined time and time again because, to quote Magnum, I can't work with people who can't dance. Uh, this led to Genki spending 30,000 yen to get dance lessons for all of M2K. This touched Magnum enough that he was willing to join the unit after long last. Unfortunately, on October 10th, 2001, Yasushi Kanda suffered not only a career-ending, but life-threatening neck injury in a match that would cause him to retire as an active wrestler. He would transition into the role of M2K's personal heel referee before he eventually turned on them during the main event of Torimon, the Torimon T2P crossover show, Absolutamente, uh, on September 8th, 2002. Afterwards, Magnum would seal the name M2K out of respect for Kondo's retirement, but the group itself stayed afloat, and they said soon they would reveal their new name. During the main event match, Darkness Dragon would lose the match, and he was kicked from the group. The newly renamed Kness would start a new unit with former rival Dragon Kid, who he lost his mask to in the big main event of Absolutamente, and Rio Saito, named Duke Fixer. However, Kness revealed that, uh, well, here's the here's where it gets a little how do I put this? It starts the first trend of big swerves throughout the history of Dragon Gate because, uh, you know, Darkness Dragon, whenever he teamed up with Dragon Kid and whatever, he had offered Ryo Saito a spot in Doofixer, Fixer, but he was like, well, I'm kind of part of the Toyman home army, so, you know, uh, maybe not. Uh, I, I would have to ask permission from Mochizuki, but he kept on having problems with it. Uh, and they kept on bumping heads and Rio Saito was like, whatever, Kness, uh, can I join Do Fixer? However, Kness was like, well, I'm not the leader. He's the leader. And that's when it was revealed that Magnum Tokyo would be is the leader. And it was just the old M2K. This was just a ruse to show distrust amongst the ranks of the home army, which succeeded, which is basically an inside job destroying them from the inside. This will lead Sairio to trying to gain entry into the real Duke Fixer, but was denied because he didn't have a dance. This will lead Sairio turning heel and debuting the Sairio dance, finally being able to be in Duke Fixer now that he had a dance. Later in 2002, Masaki Mochizuki would seek to reform M2K, this time as a babyface unit. This version's name, Shin M2K, would come from Mochizuki M, second two, which is second doi, uh, and Kenichiro K arrived. The unit didn't really amount to much as it felt like a rehash of the whole, the old home army, just with a new coat of paint of the uh, now dead M2K, trying to basically live off of that M2K name, but it seemed kind of cheap at the time. The final pun definitely intended version of M2K would rise as the name Final M2K. This was a union of both the original and Shin M2K versions, as both Susumu and Kness would leave Do Fixer on July 4th of 2004 to join the group, along with Mochi, Second Doi, and Kenichiro Arai. The group would also welcome Yamato Anadara and Katsuhiko Nakajima into the ranks. This group was formed during the transitionary period between Toymon and Dragon Gate to show fans that Dragon Gate was the same promotion it had been, and it gave fans a sign that they were still finding and establishing their identity away from Ultimo Drag. 
Soon on March 2nd of 2002, to be exact, uh, the faction Warfare and Toymon would gain a new entry into the battlefield as Milano Collection AT defeated Masato Yoshino in the finals of the NWA International Light Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Afterwards, he asked his regular partners at the time, Yoshino and Stevie Brother Fujimoto, along with Suji Kondo and Takayuki Yagi, to join him in a new Italian unit. They all agreed, and Milano then renamed everybody, and their names would be Masato Yoshino didn't really have too much of a fall off. His was just Yoshino, and then Suji Kondo was renamed to Kandadi Suji. Takayuki Yagi was renamed Pescatori Yagi. He was a fisherman. And uh, Stevie Brother Fujimoto was named Yashini, but he was like, can I keep the brother? And Milano was like, okay, brother Yashini. And he was like, all right, all right, I'm cool with that. Uh, they would then name themselves the Italian Connection. They entered a feud with the aforementioned Crazy Max fighting over things such as the UWA World Trios Championships, Yoshino's Pet Gorilla, and the British Commonwealth Junior Heavyweight Championship, and the want to be simply the best unit in Torimon. Uh, no other unit had really stated this. I mean, they just kind of tried to sabotage one another, but I mean, Italian Connection, they just wanted to be the best. They added Berlinita Boxer to the ranks, who would also be known to some people, especially if you watched earlier DDT as Shogo Jet Takagi. He joined in May of 2002. Milano, Suji, and Brother reclaimed the UWA Trio Championships from Crazy Max. However, uh, after, you know, at this time, Milano and Yoshino were getting more and more fanfare because they simply looked like prototypical baby faces. They were good looking guys. Fans wanted to cheer them. And, you know, they started fighting more clean. And, you know, Milano and Yoshino were kind of trying to pass on this message to the rest of the Italian connection that, hey, maybe we should be a bit nicer. Maybe we should fight clean and just show we're the best that way. Brother and Suji, they didn't want to any part of this. They they wanted to be villains. And they let this be known. They were like, hey, we're champions again. Just so you know, don't let all this get to your head. We still want to fight the way we fight and just be evil. And Milano was just like, all right, cool. However, they kept going against Brother and Suji's wishes as they wanted to do things the right way. This would be a catalyst for Brother, Suji, Boxer, and Yagi to all turn on Milano and Yoshino leaving the unit. Those people who broke off, they feuded with the broken Edacon who began teaming up with Anthony W. Mori. And at first, Mori wasn't in the group, but he eventually was added. And I believe that's when he eventually became Anthony W. Mori. He was under his real name and he was built from London, England. He was added in May of 2004. The feud with Edacon and ex-Edacon was put on hold whenever Ultimo left the company on July 4th of 2004 because they basically just had to cease all operations he took all the trademarks with him and you know dragon gate officially was formed and the feud resumed there uh it eventually ended up with milano mori and yoshino getting their revenge on their ex-partners as they became the inaugural open the triangle gate championship holders which are the trios championships they are the basically how do i say this kind of the spiritual successor to the uwa trios belts from toy mom the belts were vacated due to injury to Milano, and after this, Milano soon left Dragon Gate, and the rest of the unit just kind of disbanded because Milano left. There was no other reason storyline-wise. They just had to disband because he left. That was tough because Milano was literally one of the biggest stars in the company, so it put things in a weird spot at the time. 
And that's what made way for this transitionary period from Dragon Gate as they had to break away from the old mode of Ultimo and move into a new era as far as carving their own identity. You know, it's the first set of units for the company as far as for Torimon. And it was a nice introduction for what we would soon see as far as when Dragon Gate forms and all that. Yeah, I noticed that with, um, especially with M2K, um, you had mentioned that it really set the groundwork for what we see out of um, Dragon Gate today, especially with like a lot of the shenanigans, Mm -hmm. Uh, which which of these units would you say was probably, because to me that feels like the most fundamental for what I know or what I've seen Mm -hmm. of Dragon Gate today. So would you agree that it would be M2K or do all of them sort of add something or bring something to the uh, company as we know it today? It's tough. I feel like M2K might be the most as Actually, I'll go with Doofixer because M2K, they were, you know, trying to upset people, make everybody angry. Doofixer was really the one that kind of encompasses Dragon Gate because, yeah, it's this unit of guys being evil, but you also got them dancing in their entrance and they have like this nightclub feel to them. So it's like leaning into what Dragon Gate would be known for in the future, like that big female audience. It was like a party almost. What do you say, Zachy? For me, I'd have to say, yeah, probably the same. Like M2K definitely set and broke the mold for the heal units in Dragon Gate, like the future ones to come, because they established like a bunch of the heal tactics, like the double countouts, the personal heal referee, the infamous box that almost every Dragon Gate heal unit has had some version of. And like that set the standard, but like Javi said, Doofixer took it to the next level where they did all of that, but they were also so over because they were a bunch of really attractive guys. They were <laughs> doing the dance. They stole Yoshino's gorilla. They won the gorilla in a match. They would just do everything to get under everyone's skin in the roster, but the fans just couldn't get enough of these guys. They wanted more. They wanted Magnum at the top. They wanted everyone to succeed in do fixer where like every other unit at that point had just been like okay everyone's clearly at a certain level and it it just took everything to the next level for in my opinion for dragon gate units for me what's really interesting is um i really don't know that much about dragon gate but it was interesting to hear names like suwa because i know that suwa didn't start in noah but i only know him from noah so to hear about his origins in Tormon and, and dragon gate is really interesting i also had no idea that this is where like taru started as well we talk about taru all the time um with all japan and Voodoo <laughs> murders and like for some reason it feels like he is just this sort of like entity that only like sort of popped up at the age that he is now and he could never have been a younger man um but that's not true <laughs> and it was interesting to hear about Nakajima because I know that Nakajima Nakajima has been I think in every promotion Everywhere. that like since he was a child allowed him in. yeah he's been doing this since he was like 11 but I didn't realize that he was actually like he's considered like a member of a faction within Dragon Gate so it's just interesting to hear um how many people like truly intersect within this promotion that I'm and I'm probably going to say that a lot throughout the episode yeah, but you will hear um some of those early names coming through so regarding Nakajima like at first he was just allied with Mochizuki and then when the transition from Dragon Gate to Torimon they're like okay we need to bring back M2K to show like uh I forget who told me 
I think it was Javi or maybe even Jay who told me, but that M2K was final M2K was done literally to have the fans be like, hey, M2K, this means Dragon Gate is Tori Long. Yeah. And uh, since Mochi was allied with Nakajima at the time, he invited him in. And usually when outsiders get invited to Dragon Gate units, they don't get like their own gear or anything. They just come in whatever mm-hmm. they normally wear. But like uh, for M2K, one of their big things is they had those, I want to call them bomber jackets. Yeah, but I've always known them. I've always known them as uh, Yokosuka jumpers because that's mm-hmm. what they were listed as before. So Nakajima had his own in final M2K, which to me was like, oh my God, I don't care what anyone says. He's an actual member. He has a personalized jumper that has his name in his own unique color to him. So it's like, no, he's not a part-time member. He's a full-time Dragon Gate member at this time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need to see pictures of that one. Yeah, we're going to go find I photos. A, <laughs> I have a few that I will send you. Trust Thank me. You. Thank I, you. I don't, I don't have <laughs> any of the back, but I do have a few pictures, I'm sure, of like him in the jumper with them. So I yeah, got excellent. you guys. Thank but, you. Yeah, Thank like, you. So I know you guys are big Taru fans, so I'll give you this story. Uh, so Uh-oh. Taru and Choco Ball were promoters in the Kobe area. And essentially, they had this office space in Ultimo just bought it up whenever uh, Torimon came around. So he he bought the office space. They The way it was Buko Dojo and the way they phrased it is it was a merger with the Ultimo Dragon Gym, but straight up, they just got bought out. So uh, Choco Ball, Taru came over. And in this deal, as kind of a throw-in, Taru was just like in Choco Ball, they were like, oh, you can also have Masaki Mochizuki as well. Just take him. Because yeah, uh, despite Mochi's name as the Iron Man of Dragon Gate and basically having been there most of his career was not an Ultimo Dragon trainee at all. Yeah. He's actually no. a Koji Katao trainee, like mm-hmm. the guy from Super World of Sports that like threw a big old hissy fit on John mm-hmm. Tenta. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like how did someone so great come from someone like that? And it's like <laughs> I'm so glad he ended up in Dragon Gate Torimon because he is What's an amazing that? wrestler. And is such a like Dragon Gate never really had a pillar system similar to all Japan. But uh-huh. if I had to name four of the Toribon era, it would definitely be Shima, because of course, mm-hmm. uh, Mochizuki, mm-hmm. Magnum, and Milano. Those were the big four. Easy. Like everything revolves around us, no one is above us, and we all just fight for who gets to be on top at the moment. Once the period changed it was a whole big thing yeah i was just about to say we're about to see more of that and then sort of things mm-hmm. changing hands as we get into this transitionary period yeah so, uh, yeah let's let's get you let's take it away Zavi. things are got, gonna start to get off the rails if you thought the Torimon period was something this this is where things get interesting so uh, this transitionary period we kind of phrased it from 2004 to 2007 because uh that's when we feel they found their identity. This was still trying to figure things out. So the first unit, as far as under this period, we have is Blood Generation. It is one of the most infamous units in Dragon Gate history because of their aesthetic. They were like gym bros. That's the best way I can describe them. Like, uh, there's this entrance uh, that you can find, and it's like Shingo's doing push-ups on like uh, one of those uh, things that assist you doing push-ups. I don't know what they're called. I'm not good with uh, workout stuff. 
and you have like Doi and Yoshino have like a like bow flexes almost. Uh, just they're just working out being gym bros. Essentially, this was formed from the ashes of Waku Waku Fuji Land, uh, as Shima, Shingo Takagi, and Don Fuji were the inaugural members of the group. They invited Starry Chikawa and Super Shisha, who were in Waku Waku Fuji Land with them. Uh, they blocked them from joining the unit because there was three principles to blood generation. Okay, that was pure blood, being healthy, and real face. Ichikawa was the weakest wrestler on the roster, so he was considered unhealthy. And Shisa is a mass wrestler, so they said, you don't show real face, so no, you can't join. <laughs> then Naruki Doi would turn on Final N2K to join Blood Generation. And under this, Naruki Doi had a, quite a bit of success. He became the inaugural Open the Brave Gate champion on March 3rd, 2005. Uh, this belt is the successor to the NWA World Welterweight Championship. Uh, he defeated Yoshino in the finals of the tournament, and this might have stuck with Yoshino a bit because during the tag match on March 27th of 2005, when he was teaming with Kness against Doi Takagi, he turned on Kness and joined Blood Generation. He uh, then cut off his long locks, and this was like where he was Tarzan boy or whatever, cut off his long locks, and he reverted back to being Masato Yoshino. In February of 2006, uh, Magnitude Kishiwada came from Osaka Pro, and he was joined. He joined into the group uh, due to Shima, and people were just kind of like, "Why is he in the group? Because he has a mask, and he doesn't show real face." And Shima was just like, "Well, I just kind of made that excuse up, so Shisa didn't join, so you know, it, it's fine or whatever." And then he also promised that he would. Kishiwata himself would be bringing in a friend from Osaka Pro, and that would be Gama, who was... Gama is someone who we need to mention as for the fact that he's seen by some as the first outsider to truly earn their contract in Dragon Gate. However, when he joined the group, things didn't go too well, which is which is going to be interesting along the way, but Gama and Shima began beefing hard and they just didn't get along. So Shima was like, all right, we're kicking you out. And then the group formally disbanded on January 17th, 2007, when Takagi, Shima, and Fuji lost the final M2K. Was that a unit disband match, do you know, or they just disbanded? Uh, I think they just disbanded. Uh, I don't think it was a disbandment match. When I looked it up, I didn't see that it was a disbanding match. Possible, but I think uh -huh. they just straight up disbanded yeah i think it was just uh they lost they had like almost no one left in there because uh at yeah. that point blood generation was made up a bunch of foreigners like uh jack evans roderick strong uh austin aries all the native members uh that we had mentioned had began splitting off because where gama got kicked off when kishiwata came back from injury he was just like uh why'd you kick my friend out i'm leaving and then yoshino left a bunch of people started siding with the gama side so yeah like, like uh, there they was were a, hurt for members yeah there was a big old schism in the group like while gamma and shima were butting heads everyone chose gamma's side so like yoshino doi tanazaki who funnily enough the same night that the schism of blood generation happened tanazaki had just i think turned on do fixer to join just the joined generation. the group he joined as like, oh, well. and then he immediately takes like, Fukushima, take i'm going to the new group so uh what happened with that was uh oh no wait i remember why they had to disband it's because there was a match where gamma side which was i think gamma yoshino and doi because they were the big three for the soon to be known as muscle outlaws they had a match against shima 
Fuji, and I think Shingo. Yes. It was either yeah. Shima, Fuji, and Shingo, or Shima, Fuji, and Hulk. Because Hulk, BB Hulk would also join them, like, before they're, like, similar to Tanazaki, he would join them, like, right before they ended. So they had a match where the winning team gets the rights to the Blood Generation uh, name and logo and everything. Gamma's side won, but they're like, eh, we don't need it. We have a better name in mind. And man, did they ever, because that's how we got the Muscle Outlaws unit. That was a great time. I love their logo is great. Their song is great. Everything. But yeah, so after I'm that, noticing a lot of uh, muscle imagery and working out imagery sort of oh yeah. going on. Okay. I got a market to get to. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. helps that one of their biggest sponsors was the mid-breath gym. So that's mm-hmm. probably okay. how they were able to get a lot of the workout equipment as props. They're like, hey, dude, can you lend us some stuff? And he's like, I got you. Just wear my gym's logo on it. So we're all good. But yeah, I don't think it was a formal disbands match. I think they just disbanded because they're like, we have nothing. Shingo's about to go on excursion. Yeah. We need to so do it's just something like whatever. Else. Yeah, which is funny that they lost to Final and 2K because Final and 2K is kind of like, I look back on it and I'm just like, whatever. It's Yamato's first unit. That's all I remember it for. <laughs> it's like... I, I remember it solely for Susumu's first Dreamgate run because mm-hmm. they had that awesome Dragon Kid match from Mm -hmm. Kobe world so but other than that the unit was just kind of it it served its purpose of hey this is to remind fans that we were Toriumon and this is our yeah this is the same place Mm -hmm. so in that regard it did good on a little bit of a lighter note than uh blood generation we uh get to a fun unit to talk about as uh magnum tokyo started not one but two very short-lived units during this period First is Poss Hearts. On March 28, 2005, in which Magnum appointed Anthony Mori as the leader of the group, it would be him, BB Hulk, and Shooter Sisha, who was expelled from Blood Generation and picked up by Poss Heart. Uh, at this time, uh, Magnum was producing Hulk, uh, getting ready for his debut. That's why he had the whole dance and stuff. He was Magnum's project. He was joined into the group, and Mori just kind of wanted, he wanted to join uh, Do Fixer, but Magnum was just like, yeah, you know, nah, I'm good. But, you know, we could do something else. Uh, but uh, anyway, the name is built on two keywords, Hulk's possibility and Anthony's heart. And that's where the unit came from. He also created Renaissance on August 6, 2006, as a means to proving that the elder members of the Dragon Gate roster could still compete at an elite level. But very shortly after Renaissance got together, Magnum suffered an eye injury and missed the rest of 2006. Uh, Mochi took leadership, and while they didn't last long, they accomplished their goals to an extent uh, because Mochi and Fuji uh, won the uh, IJ tag titles uh, from WAR. And not only that, Don Fuji got his first and only ever Dreamgate run, which was a big shock to a lot of people. They accomplished their goal to an extent. Jado and Ghetto took the IJ belts from Mochizuki and Fuji, and then Mochi kind of announced that the project would fold. And a lot of people found this interesting because it was Magnum's project. However, it was simply because his condition didn't get any better, and he left the company later that year and eventually retired. And we will see that uh, this sort of having um, your veteran group and things like that is a pretty much a staple of Dragon Gate as well. I've noticed uh, as I was going through that. So I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, we we really love our veterans here. 
even though everyone's like, nah, they're, they're old. Like the main joke line in Dragon Gate is, you're old, you can't go anymore, we don't need you. And then the veterans say, okay, bet. And then they and come the out stomach. on top more often than not. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's something good and that's something i think a lot of people don't really talk about in uh, western fandom it's something i don't really hear people talking about it is i mean it's excellent that dragon gate is so focused on future generations but you don't really hear people talking about you know these veteran units and veterans sort of refusing to back down to the young people which i think is a huge appeal to wrestling so that's always really cool to see and it's cool to see how renaissance sort of started that out yeah, I mean, it's sad because, you know, it was Magnum's deal. And he, how do I put this nicely? He couldn't go at that complete, that uh, elite level that he was trying to say that the elders could still go at anymore. Uh, he was just broken down. His when Whenever he had his down period, he crashed hard and injuries piled up. He just wasn't the same person he was in Torimon when we talked about him being like, he was still like super popular and people knew he was a big star. However, like he just wasn't the same person anymore. Yeah, like he was, uh, I hate using this phrase on him because it's not really fair, but he really was a shadow of his former self. Like he could not keep the pace that he used to, which is a damn shame because Magnum is one of those big what ifs along with Milano for me, where it's like if their injuries hadn't happened, I know for a fact, even now they'd still be, like some of the biggest drawing guys for their companies, wherever they would have ended up. But uh, unfortunately, life doesn't work out that way for everyone. So, Yeah, that's tragic. Because like uh, one of the biggest signs of that was the first night Renaissance got together, it was during a tag tournament. And in the finals of the tournament to crown the IJ tag champion, or no, in the semifinals, his eye socket got broken. So he had to get replaced by... On Fuji, and I think they won the tag titles in that tournament. They did, yeah. And that was like the first official night of Renaissance. It's like God, could, the worst possible timing for this to happen. Just you finally have, yeah, you have two rivals finally making peace, coming together, be like, yes, we're going to prove we can still go. And that happens. It's so disheartening. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot you can do with luck, but. Speaking of, um, I guess, well, you don't want to use the word pillars, but uh, your big draws, we are getting into a big draw period as we talk about the big six era. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because I was very excited to, to hear about this one. Oh, yeah. Like the big six era would change Dragon Gate for a long time with the ideology of the company being to build on the backs of guys like Masato Yoshino, Naruki Doi, BB Hulk, Shingo, and Yamato. And the sixth spot still hadn't been decided, but it would eventually go to Akira Tozawa, which it'll be surprising given that he was very low down the totem pole to the point where he had to get sent back to the dojo twice to debut and re-debut because allegedly attitude problems, but it was really just because he wasn't progressing properly. And they're like, look, we have high hopes for you we need you to match those hopes and he just wasn't up to snuff at that point but he reaches that point thankfully but yeah like the unit landscape big old dramatic shifts happening because we had the muscle outlaws running roughshod everywhere every evil for they were what bullet club was and what like uh chaos was before bullet club chaos is the more appropriate comparison now that i think about it because 
they were like the main heel unit that had a bunch of Japanese members, but any foreigner coming in, they'd get them. So you'd have guys like Kevin Steen, Jimmy Rave, uh, Muscle Gang, and a bunch of other, too many names for me to keep track of. And they'd be the big heel unit. So they were meant to be the be all end all, but eventually, you know, it started wearing thin. So they decided we need a change. We have all these units like Typhoon, New Hazard, which was Dragon Gate's first real attempt that this is a unit that's solely led by youth. It was all guys, no, no elder statesmen, four dojo graduates, but they also weren't really catching on as well as they should have. So they united Muscle Outlaws and New Hazard to become real Hazard. And it was all because Shingo Takagi and Cyberkong and Yamato all betrayed BB Hulk because they saw him as weak. They're like, you're just a dancing dude who pretends to be tough. You're not one of us. You're not hazardous at all. We're the real threat to everyone here. So they kicked him out. And funnily enough, uh, Doi and Yoshino had, prior to this, betrayed muscle outlaws because similar to Yoshino's old experience in Italian connection, him and Doi were starting to get over they were fighting more clean. They didn't ask the rest of the unit to do it, but they're like, okay, well, we want to. And no one was taking that right. They're like, no, we're heels. Fight dirty. We don't care. We want to win. But they eventually betrayed him during a cage match where Conda Muscle Outlaws lost his hair and they struck out on their own. So they're the ones who came to save Hulk. They're like, okay, we're the new unit now. They became first real unit of this was, like I said, real hazard combination of Muscle Outlaws and New Hazard. And then the second unit was World One, which was Doi, Yoshino, and Hulk. They were joined by Naoki Tanazaki and a returning MCKZ, who was currently on his excursion to Mexico. And they were like the opposite of Real Hazard, where like Real Hazard was the evil fusion of New Hazard and Muscle Outlaws, while World One was the good side of that fusion. Because uh, Doi, Yoshi, Tanazaki were all former Muscle Outlaw members. And, well, Hulk was a member of New Hazard. And elsewhere, the lowest ranked member of Big Six, that's what this era was known as, uh, was Akira Tozawa. He, was, he had been in the comedy division for such a long time as part of the Super Metabolic Brothers. With, uh, I don't know if you guys know the wrestler Katsuo, but he's a big comedy dude who put on a lot of weight in Dragon Gate and he got a little bit of a push so they're like Tozawa do that maybe you'll get good and it led to nothing but they just kept it going and eventually he's like okay I want to get serious again so he dropped like a bunch of weight I I don't okay I don't like this super metabolic brothers because it was because the way I viewed it it was just like it's a comedy gimmick picking on them for being bigger dudes. And as I, I just wasn't a fan of it. Yeah. So everyone, including Tozawa was like really proud of it ending. And because Tozawa was so proud, he's like, okay, I'm back in form. I'm going to challenge for the triangle gate against the newest version of the veteran unit. Cause a uh, Renaissance didn't last long, but they started a new version called the Zetsers, which was basically Renaissance 2.0, just with a few more members like Kness, Shisa, and Magnitude Kishiwada. So he challenged them for the Triangle Gate belt, but Mochizuki's like, hey, look, 
I get you're confident, but we get nothing out of this if you win. If we win, so you got to put something up. So Tozawa put up the unit. He's like, yeah, I'm so confident. I'll wager the unit. And they ended up losing. So this was one of the earlier disbands match. And it was kind of tragic because it seemed really like Tozawa Juku's fortunes were going to turn around. But uh, yeah, it led to nothing. I mean, Tozawa Juku wasn't like just a comedy stadium because we had the really, really good Arai Iwasa team that were one of the first like really, really good like twin gate team. So it wasn't like full on comedy and like they were yeah. treated fairly well, you know, and then at the end, that's when things started to unravel really. So, yeah, it felt like they were going to reach a new level and then this happened and yeah, but Shingo would lead real hazard for a while. They had a really colorful red and blue cyber goth style, which I was personally a fan of. I loved their look. It was great, especially like the looks Genki Horiguchi had in it. It was it was amazing. They'd use like regular everyday tools like wrenches and stuff, a small hammer to prove to you, hey, we're going to make anything a lethal weapon. I remember you telling me about like the box that a lot of heal units use. Oh, yes. They would like draw from the box. Was that how it worked? Um, sometimes, yes. Other times they would just bring like a regular toolbox to the ring with them and or they'd get it from under the ring because who knows how things get under the ring, right? Yeah, <laughs> naturally. And uh, but yeah, they they were meant to be the new big heal unit to try to capture everything. And its original members being Shingo, Gamma, Yamato, Kanda, Kong, and Genki Horiguchi, who were all, like I said, they were all either in Muscle Outlaws or in either in Muscle Outlaws or New Hazard. And then on the other side, you had World One, which was led by Doi, but it was more of a Doi Yoshi unit. They had a really nice, sleek looking white, silver, and gold color scheme with a logo composed of a diamond with the group's name like wrapped all around it. The name and logo was meant to show the bond between them were both unbreakable as the diamond, but they could all be united under one world. Something like that. And the original members were Doi, Masara Yoshino, BB Hulk, Naoki Tanazaki, and MCKZ. And the recent unit shakeups would continue even further alongside a push for the new, like, form generational rivals of Hulk and Shingo. They found themselves in the main event of Kobe World 2008 on July 27th, fighting for the now vacant Open the Dream Gate Championship, which Shingo would win in a hard-fought match. He would then apologize to Hulk, telling him, hey, you know, I'm sorry I called you a weakling. You're a strong fighter. And they shook hands and everything. It seemed like the rivalry was over, but later on, it would go off the rails. And Shingo would be the first of the big six to really rise to the top he was the first one to reach the dream gate and yeah it was a really good way to kick off to show hey he's one of our guys this along with stopping his ally uh shingo shaking hands with hulk and then stopping his allies from attacking shima who he was the former champ he was at ringside commentating on the match would cause friction between him and the group and they would eventually kick him out because they're like you know you're turning it was the same old story as before. Uh, you're turning, you're acting too babyface. We don't want you here anymore. So Yamato, of all people, took over the group. 
so yeah, he would be kicked from Real Hazard, and he got offered a spot by the leaderless Typhoon, who was the unit that had Shima in it, but because of his neck injury, they didn't have a leader. They needed a new one, and they felt Shingo would be a good fit since he saved Shima. But it was a really bad fit. Shingo was still as cocky and arrogant as ever, and even more so now that he was Dreamgate champion. And he caused a lot of tension with the group, leading to him defending his title against his new stablemate, uh, Susumi Okasuka. And after Shingo would retain, he immediately tried to kick out Susumu, citing the same reasons he did for Hulk. He's like, you're a weakling, you don't belong in this unit. But Ryo Saito would try to stop him. And this brought out Shima, who's like, before Shima could even say anything, Shingo would attack him. And just leave the unit himself. He's like, I'm done with this. I don't need you weaklings. And just strike out on his own. Just a normal thing for most young wrestlers. They don't understand both sides of the dynamic. And I mean, Shingo spent a lot of his early career as a heel. So that is just normal for him to act that way. Because he hadn't really been pushed into that position to where he had to be a babyface. So, As a result of this, he found himself teaming with Akira Tozawa and Taku Wasa now unitless after the fall of Tozawa Juku earlier in the year, with the three deciding to form a unit with their name to be determined at a later point in time. Elsewhere, the major events kept happening. World 1 leader Naruki Doi challenged Shingo to a match at Final Gate on December 28th of 2008, and there was a three-way on that same show between World 1, Real Hazard, and Typhoon, where the losing unit would disband, as in it was elimination style. The first team to have all their members eliminated, they're disbanded. Ultimately, Typhoon would be forced to disband. They'd lose the match, and Shingo would lose his title, which set up the sort of reoccurring thing of if you win at Kobe World, you usually drop it at final game as your first run. It's like the test run for young guys getting their first belt run. Usually, there are a few exceptions, though. There was now even more people unitless in Dragon Gate because of the fall of Typhoon. But it wasn't all bad because out, out of the ashes of Typhoon's disbanding, Shingo would find his fourth member in Dragon Kid, who was the only Typhoon member he didn't have issues with. And they would form the unit called Kamikaze with like their whole thing was patriotism, basically like Japanese patriotism. Where it, I know <laughs> it's a. Uh, like, Shingo is very much <laughs> a very proud Japanese man. Very... He had a, a good color scheme and, and sort of a very um, Japanese style to them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The original members of the group were Shingo, Dragon Kid, Taku Iwasa, and Akira Tozawa. And they would later add the rookie Kenichi Chikano, who would rename to Kenshin Chikano, into the unit about later in the year. I'm not entirely sure when he joined but he would join them later as their new rookie and lost post. So that way they could lose a few matches here and there without any of the big members having to eat a fall. Funnily enough, Real Hazard's infighting issues hadn't ended with the banishment of Shingo. Gamma had assumed the leadership role and him and Yasushi Kanda had began butting heads after they kept misfiring protein attacks on each other. This led to Yamato trying to play peacemaker being like, Hey, how about you guys have a match? Loser leaves the unit. And that match was scheduled for the January 18, 2009 show. So they had to wait from like November of 
2008 all the way to January to have that match. Gamma would win the match and begin beating down on Kanda more, but Kanda would be saved by Kenichiro Arai, who was also a former Tozawa Juku member. But like in a really shocking turn of events, all of Real Hazard and Kenichiro Arai would gang up on Gamma and kick him out, even though he had won the match to stay in the group. This turn of events wasn't just left to the former Tozawa Juku members, though, as the former Typhoon members were now also looking for units to call home. Anthony W. Mori would unfortunately go on to stay unitless, as he just faded into the background for the most part. And Susumu Yokosuka and Ryo Saito would continue teaming as their Ryosuka team that they were in Typhoon, trying to regain the Twin Gate titles. But during a title match against Real Hazard, Saito would betray Susumu and join up with Real Hazard himself, adopting a new look and reuniting the Marahai Sapa team with Genki Horiguchi. And then Real Hazard would have a few more members join, like Cybercom Sito, who was the former Katsuo of Tozawa Juku under a Cybercom mask. And then they'd also have Kagetora, who was a Torimon X graduate. And that's a big deal because uh, a lot of the X guys did not make it to Dragon Gate when the switch happened. Not because of anything bad they had done, just I think they hadn't debuted yet. So they were stuck on Ultimo's side and had no choice but to stay there. Like a lot of them were still in training when the split happened. So Kagetora coming in was like, oh my God, a Torimon X graduate just joined. But Kagetora wouldn't last long in Real Hazard. He lasted about three, four months before he would cost Yamato and Cyberkong the Twin Gate on March 1st against Susumu and Gamma, who had now united as a team of, hey, we need to get revenge on Real Hazard. And a lot of, uh, like, a lot of movement. Things just move very, very quickly. And a lot of, uh, and I think that that keeps up throughout Dragon Gate's history. But you're really starting to see it here in this Big Six era. Yeah, they're really trying their hardest to establish all the new younger guys. Like, uh, Kagetora would align himself with Susumu and Gamma. And then also the returning Shima, who had been off for like a year, and the last match anyone had heard of him from was, funnily enough, a dark match for the WWE. So everyone was like, oh my god, is he going to jump ship? And this was huge, because as mentioned previously, they had just lost Magnum Tokyo. They lost Milano prior if Shima had left, that would have left just Mochizuki of their original old guard left. So everyone was like, oh my god, what's going to happen? But Shima returned, and they would form a new unit called the Warriors 5, with the fifth warrior being a young rookie by the name of Yohei Fujita, who renamed to Ryoma to fit in with the group. And Warriors 5 would be the final unit to be formed from the ashes of like Tozawa Juku, Typhoon, and all these big changes that had happened. So everything settled for them. It seemed like this was going to be the new landscape for a while. But that, funnily enough, they were the only group that did not feature any member of the Big Six. Real Hazard at the time had Yamato, Kamikaze had Shingo, and technically Tozawa, even though he wasn't in the plans at the time. And World One had Doyoshi in it. So it was like, oh my God. Oh yeah, MVP Hulk. Sorry, I forgot about him. But yeah, so all the big six were in all the new units trying to establish themselves. 
for Warriors 5, their unit was really interesting because they didn't choose a singular color. Instead, they chose a camo theme for their unit. And everyone would just use any color for the camo, where they're green or blue or whatever. And it was, I enjoyed the unit for what it was, but I also was like, uh, kind of like, mm, they feel like we needed something for these guys to do, in my opinion. And funnily enough, this unit is how the Young Bucks, of all people, got into Dragon Gate for a while. I just want, I just want to point out that if your unit color necessarily is camo in Dragon Gate, disaster's waiting in the wing, so buckle up. <laughs> At this point in spring 2009, the units in the company would be Real Hazard, World One, Kamikaze, Warriors 5, and the unofficial sort of official veteran unit of the Zetsurans, and then the rest were all unaffiliated members. And now was around the time units began growing and changing for a variety of reasons, furthering the shifting of the landscape in Dragon Gate, as is tradition, really. <laughs> Real Hazard would be joined on July 10th, 2008, by the Tokyo Gorontai trio of Nosawa Rongai, Mazada, and Takemura, of all people. Unfortunately, Real Hazard would lose a really valuable member in CyberCong, who at the time seemed like he was going to be the sixth member of the Big Six. He suffered a really serious neck injury, and because it wasn't healing properly, he chose to resign from the company and just disappeared away from wrestling. RH would also lose their third leader, the first two being Shingo and Gamma, Yamato, because he would take time away to compete in New Japan's Best of the Super Juniors 2009 edition. And he came back and was just so frustrated with the group and just left. He was tired. He, as the story goes, he wanted to fight and prove he was superior because Yamato didn't do great in the Best of the Super Juniors, but he picked up huge wins over guys like Koji Kanemoto and Jushin Thunder Liger. So he felt like, if I can beat them, I can beat anyone here. Because those are legends. So I should be able to hang without having to cheat. And the group just did not want that. They're like, no, that's not what we do here. You know that. So he would end up leaving the group. And the newest member, Rio Saito, would assume the leadership role. And he managed to convince his former partner, Susumu, to join Real Hazard and betray Warriors 5. But again, more bad luck for Real Hazard as Saito would rupture his Achilles tendon right as they were starting to get going. But they did manage to bounce back because they teased a new member and it was revealed to be Kness, Susumu's former partner, and they would reform the legendary Kaneska team from back in Torimon because Kness had finally returned back to being in peak form. Like he had been labored with injuries, so he was back in full form again and ready to show why he was such a threat. Kamikaze would also be one of the units to suffer a lot of bad luck as both Kenshin Chikano and Taku Iwasa would suffer injuries that kept them out for a while. And during December of 2009, there would be some friction between Dragon Kid and the remaining unit members as the first generational war was starting to heat up. So he would leave the group and join his fellow veterans instead of staying with his younger members. But things weren't all bad for Kamikaze as they got joined by Yamato. They would also temporarily be joined by Anthony W. Mori to like fill in gaps from Iwasa and Chicano's injuries. But Chicano would eventually leave Dragon Gate in total and pursue a different career. 
for a while. And in February of 2010, in a, after a match, Shingo would call out to Cyber Kong, of all people, and Cyber Kong would appear. And he would basically plead for his job back from the company president, saying, I want to come back. I'm better now. And he did. And he would join Kamikaze and be reunited with his old friends. World One is the only one that didn't really suffer any big changes. They would welcome Pac into the group, which was a really huge get for them and a really great boon for Pac. But they would lose MCKZ, who turned on them to join Real Hazard. And he would rename himself as to what we know him now as just KZ. They would also gain a new member in the rookie, Kotoka Shiba, who renamed himself simply to Kotoka once he joined up with them. And Warriors 5, boy, they had the worst luck of all the units as they were rocked not just by in-story betrayals, but some real-life consequences as a few of the members would be caught in a scandal leading to the departure of their rookie member, Ryoma. Kagetora betrayed the unit in January 31st of 2010 to realign with Real Hazard, but he quickly regretted it and took time away to return back to Michinoku Pro, where he would align himself with, of all people. And he would return to Dragon Gate and would turn to, of all people, Akira Tozawa for guidance. But Tozawa told him, you know, you have to find your own path. You can't just go about it. This led to a Loser Leaves unit match between Kagetora and Keizi, where Keizi would defeat him and kick him out of real hazard for his perceived weakness. And Warriors 5 would come out asking him, hey, we want you back. And he seemed elated to join him. But Tozawa, who had taken to being Kagetora's mentor, came out and said, no, I want him with me in Kamikaze. And this would lead to a match for Kagetora, where the winning unit gets him. A first in Dragon Gate, I believe, where instead of kicking out a guy, they're fighting to get a guy into their unit. And Kamikaze would shockingly win the match against Warriors 5, leaving Warriors down to just Shima, Gamma, and Dragon Kid. There's just so much shifting and changing. This is such a factions-forward promotion in a way that um, a lot of the other major promotions just don't feel to me. It's just markedly different. Yeah, I was definitely going to bring that up later on, especially. So I'm excited to get through that as well, because there's a lot of diff- a lot of differences. I don't think we've ever done a promotion quite like this as far as like factions are involved. So yeah, let's, uh, let's get into January of 2010. All right. Around January, everything would change in Dragon Gate again. Like it was time for the annual unit shakeup. Real Hazard would go through the, would have their first huge change with Kenichiro Arai assuming the leadership role now that Rio Saito was injured. And Takuya Sugawara would return on November 6, 2009 to Dragon Gate, being the first Aganiso member to be brought back since their departure. And he originally came back as a member of the Zetsurans, but would quickly betray them to join uh, Real Hazard instead. Secondly, Genki would state that going forward, they would no longer fight dirty and would fight clean in the new year. But as we've seen before, it caused a schism between the members with the cheating side of Araken, Yasushi Kanda, Suwara, and Keizi versus the clean fight side of Horiguchi, Susumu, and Kness, which eventually led to the departure of all three of the members who wanted to fight clean. They continued having, like, they kept fighting over and over with the remaining real hazard members, but the cheating would be too much for them and they'd be overcome. This would cause Genki to split from the Kineska duo as he felt he was dragging them down. And 
it would lead to the dissolution of real hazard as a whole as they sealed the name and rebranded as the deep drunkers on march 3rd 2010 deep drunkers is exactly as the name implies it's a unit full of men who love to drink fight and cheat their unit colors were a simple black and blue the same colors they wanted to leave everyone who dared get in their way and their first targets were the now newly reinvigorated Kineska duo. Kineska was only technically a team, but they're considered an official unit by Dragon Gate as they have their own name, a logo, a theme song, and even color scheme. Kamikaze managed to maintain the momentum they had coming off the big changes with adding as Yamato became the third member of the big six to become the Dreamgate champion by ending Doi's then historic run on March 22nd, 2010. Shingo managed to not only win the Twin Gate with Kong, but also the annual King of Gate tournament. This would lead to some tension between the Kamikaze members, with Shingo and Kong on one side, and Yamato and Tozawa on the other, with Kagetora just deciding to be smart about this and stay out. The unit was ready to disband due to all the infighting, but it would be Taku Iwasa returning at the behest of Kagetora to talk sense into everyone and remind them that they were all friends and they needed to be a united force, which led to the unit coming back even stronger, in my opinion. It would strengthen their resolve and unify them all, ready to take on all their comers. They even had a U.S. branch now, thanks to the existence of the Dragon Gate USA promotion, welcoming new members such as John Moxley, Davey Richards, and Gran Akuma. The only Richards would get his debut in Japan. Warriors 5 did manage to turn their fortunes around, thankfully. They first recruited the now unitless Genki Horiguchi and later the returning Ryo Saito, who had been kicked out of Real Hazard and Deep Drunkers before he returned from his injury. And with the rejoining of Saito, the group would rebrand themselves as simply Warriors to show they were no longer tied to solely being five members. Much like Kamikaze, they developed the U.S. branch and welcomed new members Ricochet and Brody Lee, who managed to get debuts in Japan and would become regulars. World 1 would get quite a few changes around this time, though. Naoki Tanizaki began displaying heelish tendencies. These tactics even led to him giving World 1 their second, albeit short, triangle gate reign before he eventually turned on them during a Twin Gate title match between Doi Yoshi and Kaneska, where he cost his now former unit mates the titles. And Masaru Yoshino would defeat Yamato for the Dream Gate title, marking the fourth of the big six to win the title, and the third in a row to win it off one of the others. BB Hulk would win the DGUSA Open the Freedom Gate title, becoming the first champion, while Pac would capture the vacant Brave Gate championship going on to have a historic reign of 449 days. World One would also face Deep Drunkers in a losing unit disband match on October 13, 2010, ending the unit even less than a year before after it began. But in a shocking turn of events that same night, Naruki Doi would betray the unit and align himself with the former Deep Drunkers, citing his reason for doing so, that Yoshino had gotten too big for his britches and he was simply meant to be subservient to him. He declared that he would start a new group with the remnants of Deep Drunkers, but kicked out Arai, viewing him as the weakest and most useless member. Thus was born the Doi Gumi Army. World One would also welcome a U.S. branch, having both Brian Danielson and, of all people, Homicide in their ranks in Dragon Gate USA, though neither would get 
a Japanese debut as Brian would return to the WWE. I think it's really interesting how almost all of these units have their own branch in DG USA, and it sort of establishes just, I guess, how big of brands and how influential these units are. Like if you were to compare it to New Japan Strong, we don't have a U.S. branch of chaos, um, whereas it didn't work that way in DG USA. And I find that very interesting. Probably more so a way to not only integrate it with the Dragon Gate, but probably to still take it as well because of the big names being used right now. Yeah, like in Dragon Gate USA, they had branches for all the Japanese units, except I think Real Hazard, because none of their members ever came over under the Real Hazard name. And they also had their own units, like uh, Chikara had a Seiki gun unit in there, and they would later form Ronin. Okay. And uh, they did have unique stuff as well, which yeah. is pretty interesting. So the Doi Gumi was literally centered around their new unit leader, Doi. And since he absorbed the remnants of the Deep Drunkers, his main goal was to capture the Dreamgate title of his now former best friend, Masato Yoshino. And the group had a very vibrant blue with black accented gear, where they even managed to capture the Triangle Gate title pretty quickly after they uh, formed with Tanazaki Kanda and Sugawara bringing it into the unit. They even managed to recruit Gamma away from the Warriors as he had become obsessed with defeating Kness, which he finally managed to do as he and Doi defeated Kaneska for the Twin Gate titles. This led to Doigumi holding all the tag belts by November 23rd, 2010. And this war between Doi and Yoshino would also lead to Kaneska officially joining World One to help them out. After this the units would remain in a state of stability that would last from mid-2010 to early 2011 before the next major shakeup hit and drastically changed the landscape of Dragon Gate. As the first war ended, a new war began, a war of blood injunctions. A mysterious legion of men in masks based off the immortals from 300 would start appearing, seemingly attacking random roster members, but focusing heavily on World One. These would later be known as Metal Warriors. The Metal Warriors would unmask on January 14, 2011 to reveal they were actually Warriors and Doigumi coming together to form the new unit, which would later be named the Blood Warriors. The name comes from a combination of Shima's two previous groups of Blood Generation and Warriors, but other names teased were the Ultra Machine Guns and the Super High Tensioners. Their main goal was to take over Dragon Gate and remake it in their image. They would, however, first kick out Gamma and Dragon Kid, replacing them with KZ and Tomahawk TT. They would even defeat World One in a losing unit disbands, open the Triangle Gate match. This would result in Masaki Mochizuki stepping up to fight for Dragon Gate's honor against the Blood Warriors, the first of which was capturing the Open the Dream Gate title off of Yoshino and uniting the remnants of the now unitless World One members. His next goal was to recruit the Kamikaze members to his cause, They, however, would refuse at first, as they seemed to be the only unit who was able to occasionally overcome Blood Warriors. Mochi would instead go on to defeat Shingo and Yamato, causing them to view him as a strong leader and join his new unit. Shingo's addition would, however, cause friction between BB Hulk and Mochizuki. Mochi would then recruit former Zetsurin's member, Super Shista. Thus was born the union of World One, Kamikaze, and Zetsurin's, which would be christened Junction 3 with the sole purpose of destroying Shima and his blood warriors. Now, this is actually something that Alicia and I sort of talk about a lot, is when you get 
a big bad heel unit that comes in and you need to unite the roster against them. And we talk often about how that rarely works. So it's really interesting to see in this way. Would you say that this was something that sort of worked for the roster and was a good storyline or is it more like a typical sort of it didn't exactly have a great direction or it it got lost the plot? It absolutely worked. So this was a personal anecdote. This is around the time that I had finally been able to find a regular place to watch Dragon Gate. So I was catching every show like a week later after it aired and I was living for all of this. I was so enthralled so much stuff happens it put over so many people made so many big names and even put over some of the older talent that had they didn't accomplish much in terms of like oh we won titles we won tournaments or stuff but it showed hey we're still it accomplished the goal that renaissance wanted which was hey we're still here we can still go if need be but it also helped put all the youth over by showing we can hang with you guys. And sometimes we can even surpass you, which I think was the ultimate goal of this. It's it's interesting to see that it's something that seems very unique in a lot of ways to Dragon Gate culture, like splitting off into these units and, and fighting each other. It's just one of those uh, formulas that has to work when it's right. Because there's another example of where people band together into a unit warfare later on when we get much more in the current times. And that just failed miserably. Granted, there was a lot of outside stuff dealing with that, but they tried it again and it just didn't work. This one, I would say, worked very, very well. So it really is a case of if it's right, it's right and it's going to work. If not, well, we made our bed. We got to lie on it, see where it takes us. And that's an interesting perspective. So yeah, we will definitely uh, get into that. And as such, the war would begin with a lot of big changes, as BB Hulk would go on to win the annual King of Gate tournament. But instead of getting his guaranteed title shot for winning, Mochi turned him down in favor of Yasushi Kanda, who had beaten Mochi in the tournament and gave him a title shot instead. This, along with forcing Hulk to work alongside Shingo, his mortal enemy, was all he could take. And during a scheduled tag match on June 8th, 2011 with Shingo versus... Ryo Saito and Genki Horiguchi, Hulk attacked Shingo, leaving him a bloody mess and joining Blood Warriors in the process. Junction 3, not to be upstage, would reveal Gamma as their newest member, but Blood Warriors would further reveal the returning Akira Tozawa as their newest member, who said his reasoning for joining was being abandoned and forgotten in the U.S. by Kamikaze. The battle lines had been drawn and the war would wage on from 2011 to early 2012 before ultimately blood warriors would succeed in their goals capturing every title and eventually defeating junction three in a losing unit disbands match on february 9th 2012 thus ending the war the war however would have many casualties as some members suffered from involuntary expulsion from their units another example is susumu yokosuka and kagetora would be forced to rename into Jimmy Susumu and Jimmy Kagetora after losing the Twin Gate contra Jimmy Apuestas match against Blood Warriors. Jimmy being a play on the Japanese word Jimmy, which roughly translates to plain or boring. Shima had been expelled by the power-mad Akira Tozawa during the match, and Tozawa decided to expel the senior members of the group, such as Doi, Kanda, Genki, and Sairiryo, as he would go on to rebrand the unit Mad Blanky. 
This was named after two of Hulk's favorite brands, Mad Capsule Markets and Blanky Jet City, due to Hulk being the designer of both the unit's yellow, red, and black color scheme and the logo. They would go on to become one of the longer-lasting units in Dragon Gate history, being one of the two formed in the immediate aftermath of the Blood Warriors Injunction 3 war to outlive all of their contemporaries. The unit would go on to capture every single title in Dragon Gate with multiple twin and triangle gate reigns, three Dream Gate reigns from future member and leader Yamato, and even a Brave Gate reign from Keizi disguised as Dr. Muscle. Other future members included Shima, Gamma, Don Fuji, Kness, Naruki Doi, Mondai Ryu, and Punch Tominaga. They would even manage to be the reason for the disbanding of such units as Diehards and Millennials, before ultimately being disbanded on August 16, 2015, by their longtime rivals, Jimmy's, following Kness's betrayal during the match. Speaking of, let's talk about the Jimmies. I am very Ori- excited for this one. <laughs> Originally, a punishment for Susumu and Kagatora, they decided to embrace the name and invited their former Blood Warriors rivals, Kanda, Genki, and Sairio to join them and form a unit based on being Jimmy. They accepted and would rename themselves to Jimmy Kanda, Genki Horiguchi, H-A-G Me, and Ryo Jimmy Saito, respectively. The group would go on to easily become one of the most beloved and second longest tenured units in Dragon Gate history behind only Crazy Max. They would also later welcome another former Blood Warriors member in the form of Naoki Tanizaki. They would also later welcome another former Blood Warriors member in the form of Naoki Tanizaki. During the losing units disband match, Kness would betray Mad Blanky to join Jimmy's, citing that he couldn't bring himself to betray his one true partner, Susumu, so his body moved on its own to protect them, becoming Jimmy Kness, JKS. The unit's long run led to winning not just all the titles, but even both the King of Gate tournament twice and Summer Adventure Tag League tournaments, becoming one of the few units to win everything Dragon Gate has to offer, including the Open the Owari Gate title, the then Comedy Championship. They would last five whole years before finally being defeated by Berserk in a losing units disband match on October 5th of 2017. Near the end of the Blood Warriors versus Junction 3 war, Yamato and Shingo had begun having issues with Junction and struck out on their own first as a regular tag team, but were then approached by the freshly debuted rookie Chihiro Tominaga, who wanted to form a unit with them, but they politely declined at first before they finally agreed. This unit would be known as Akatsuki. The group would have a black and red color scheme similar to Shingo's former unit, Kamikaze, but unfortunately, the unit had such a wide gap between the members standing that it never amounted to much and was easily the weakest unit to emerge from the war. This would cause Yamato to turn on the group in June 15, 2013 to join Mad Blanky, even helping end them in a unit's disband match. The one positive to this unit was that Shingo became the first member of the Big Six to become a two-time Dreamgate champion ending the long reign of Shima after 574 days. The final of units to spawn was Kaikita Veteranbun, aka Team Veteran Returns. This unit was exactly as the name implies, full of veterans led by the then Dreamgate champion Shima. The unit opted for no unique color scheme with each member just wearing whatever they pleased, but they did come out often in bathrobes for promo segments. The unit was comprised of Shima, Masaki Mochizuki, Don Fuji, Dragon Kid, Gamma, and Stalker Ichikawa, with occasional guest appearances by Hub, Habu, and Magnitude Kishiwada. The unit was successful also capturing most every title, but felt a bit stagnant as they had no new young talent to push 
and seemed more like they were made as a safety net for the viewed failure of the younger generation. Eventually, they would disband after they lost all their title matches at Kobe World 2014 and would unite with another unit to form Oretachi Veterangu, aka We Are Team Veteran, which was much of the same, but now had added the likes of Kness, Super Shisa, and Kenichiro Arai to their ranks. The unit would be a tad less successful in terms of accolade, but it felt like a driving force to motivate a lot of the younger talents, such as the Big Six and the newcomers from Mexico known as the Millennials. I told you there were a lot of uh, veteran units. (laughs) It's, It's just very interesting that they went literally from one team veteran to another team veteran that was just about the same. Yeah, it was a fusion of them and the Windows unit after the since they all lost their matches they're like we're a bunch of loser old men let's all unite yeah let's let's talk a little bit about that unit i know i uh we have that on there next because that one's very interesting to me oh okay (laughs) this is another one of my personal favorites because later in 2012 we'd see the birth of the fifth unit known as madogiwa no windows or windows mg for short the group was made of the few remaining roster members who weren't drafted into any of the units, such as Kness, Taku Iwasa, Kenichiro Rai, Super Shisa, and Shisa Boy. The group's name comes from an old tradition in the Japanese office work culture where a worker will remain with the company and do very little of note, not wishing to rock the boat, just wishing to punch in, do the job, eventually being rewarded after years of loyalty with a desk that has a window they can see out of to see the world pass them by. Later, the unit would be joined by the young Katoka, who would request to join as he felt he would be a window sitter, much to the dismay of his seniors, but they would still accept him into the unit. This unit was a bit of a brief career resurgence for the members, as while they didn't win any championships, they did challenge for several titles, including Kness challenging for the Dream Day Championship for the first time. Eventually, Shisa Boy would rename to Shachi Hoko Boy and join World One International, while the remaining three senior members would seal the unit and join Oretachi Veterangu. Now, however, it's time to talk about Javi's favorite unit from this era, the Millennials. The unit was actually not founded in Japan, but founded in Mexico in 2013, when then-rookie Eita Kobayashi won the first King of Chop tournament to earn an excursion to Mexico, where he would rename to simply Eita. He would later be joined first by former rival Tomahawk TT, who would rename first to Tomahawk and later T-Hawk, then by the new rookie Yuta Tanaka, who would rename to Yuta and later UT once they arrived in Japan. The unit went on a decent undefeated streak before their first loss, and this would lead to them acting Mexican luchadors Flamita and Rocky Lobo, along with young roster member Yosuke Watanabe, who would embrace their true self and be reborn as Yosuke Santa Maria, an exotico who loves Eita. Later during their war with Horetachi Veterangun, they would offer membership to two of their younger contemporaries, Kotoka and Yuga Hayashi, but they would adamantly refuse, instead siding with the veterans at first. But once Millennials beat them in that losing units disband match, four of Veteran Gun's members would be drafted into Mad Blanky via Doi Darts, causing Kotoka and Hayashi to join with Millennials to try and save the souls of their former mentors, with Kotoka changing his name to be spelled in English, while Hayashi renamed to El Lindaman, named after the Blue Heart song Linda Linda, fun fact. The group would be largely successful winning the Brave, Twin, and Triangle Gate titles, along with the Summer Adventure Tag League, and would sport Mexican flag-themed ring gear for all members. The group would be disbanded after losing a three-way unit disbands match on August 6, 2015, between them, Mad Blankies, and Jimmy's, 
when T-Hawk was pinned by Yamato. Davey, you said this one was your favorite? Yeah, I hate Mad Moiki. They ruin my life. (laughs) 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 Yeah, this is my favorite unit because whenever I started to actually dive into Dragon Gate and I purchased the network, I went back. Well, first, the first person I saw, that was like, man, I got to get in that. Is this picture of Ida, like circa 2019? What is that like? Yeah, he just got his head shaved and he had his, you know, his little glasses he likes to wear. And he looked really cool. So I went back in the archives and I was like, God, this is the greatest unit of all time because they're inspired by Lucha. They had this whole motto where they're like, hey, if you were born before the millennial generation, we're coming for you and we're taking you out. Move out the way. It's our time. And uh, I I just think there's a lot of camaraderie uh, between the uh, members, even now, because Maria, she doesn't do much when we get into the current era. But even this year, when Ida wasn't doing much and he was just hopping back and forth between Noah, he was able to start a storyline with her, get her back involved in things and reunite their old storyline. T-Hawk, when he was on Millennials, he used to, I told you about this, but he used to do this taunt where he would slap the neck and make a T with his arms. Uh, whenever they disbanded, UT adopted that. Even since he's left Dragon Gate, he continues to use it to this day. It's just, I, I love them. And I mean, El Lindemann's still El Lindemann. He very easily could have went back to being Yuga Hayashi. But it's, I just love all of them. <laughs> Excellent. It is, it is kind of cool now that we're starting to see the um, framework for a lot of what we know and what we see in Dragon Gate today, which I think is really cool. So let's keep to it. Do you want to be our friend? Do you think most things are too easy? If you answered yes, then you are welcome aboard the Monster Express. This unit was born from the ashes of the forcibly disbanded Akatsuki, the exiled former leader of Mad Blanky, and the remnants of World One International as Akira Tozawa, Shingo Takagi, Masato Yoshino, Uha Nation, Shachihoka Boy, and Ricochet would all come together in September 2013 through the power of friendship and defeat all challengers. The group would be led by Akira Tozawa as the unit he would rise to the main event scene and finally reaching the top with his contemporaries at long last. Sporting a sleek and stylish orange, black, and silver color scheme, the unit excelled, capturing every championship at least once. As time went on, the group would lose their foreign members, but would gain former Millennials leader T-Hop and Big R Shimizu of the unit Diehards to their ranks. Eventually, the unit would be disbanded while facing off in a five versus four captain's fall losing units disbands match on October 12th, 2016 between them and Berserk after team captain and unit leader Akira Tozawa was defeated. Speaking of a member of the big six reaching the pinnacle, it's time to talk about the unit that would finally lead BB Hulk to the top of the company, and that would be Dia Hearts. The unit would be born after... Hulk would turn on his former unit, Mad Blanky, having had enough of them constantly misfiring and costing him matches. He would soon be joined by Masaki Mochizuki and Dragon Kid under the tentative name of Team Pantaloons, due to all of them wearing big pants to wrestle. They would later be joined by young rookie Ryotsu Shimizu, who would rename to Big R Shimizu. While he had wrestled in big pants before, he opted to wrestle in a singlet because, and I quote, the sheer power of his thighs needed to be seen to be believed. The final member was the Brave Gate champion, Dr. Muscle, who would unmask and reveal himself to be KZ, thus finally having the fully united group 
they donned the old World One color scheme of silver, gold, and black, even having a diamond as a logo, opting to have it upside down to differentiate the units. Hulk would finally succeed in his goal, and after six failed attempts, he would capture the Dream Day Championship for the first time on July 20th, 2014, becoming the fifth member of the Big Six to become the Dream Day Champion. He would reign for 329 days, but unfortunately, he would injure his shoulder during a match after a botched Phoenix Splash attempt, which would ultimately put him on the shelf for several months. Ultimately, Hulk's injury would greatly derail the unit, and they would last little over a year and a half before being disbanded by the new heel unit for Zerg on February 4th, 2016. But now it's time to talk about the aforementioned Berserk. They were formed of the remnants of the now forcibly disbanded Mad Blanky, two former millennials, and the now exiled Shingo Takagi. Does this sound familiar? This is because Berserk could be seen as the evil version of Monster Express. Shingo had decided friendship was weakness, and he was a fool to go along with it for so long. So in September 2015, he struck out on his own and absorbed the former Mad Blanky members to form his own unit. The unit was originally Shingo, Yamato, Naruki Doi, Kotoka, Mondai Ryu, and Naoki Tanazaki. The unit would get off to a fantastic start capturing the Dream, Brave, and Twin Gate titles, but unfortunately, infighting between Shingo and Yamato would lead to a schism, with Shingo, Kong, and Kotoka on one side, and Yamato, Doi, and Tanazaki on the other. On May 5th, 2016, the entire unit was involved in the Dead or Alive Apuestas cage match, where everyone in Berserk, including Doi and Tanizaki, would turn on Yamato to kick him out. Shortly thereafter, they would be joined by a recently rebuffed El Lindaman, who would gotten his heart broken by Yosuke Santamaria. They'd also be joined by a returning brother Yashi, the second of the Haganiso guys. Later, they would also add T-Hawk, Eita, and Yasushi Kanda to their ranks. The group wouldn't disband in a the traditional way most units do, as they would simply rebrand into the new unit Antios, which we will discuss in short order. So that sort of wraps up that big six era. And it's really interesting to me because I think going into this era by name alone, I assumed that it would be almost more like early Noah factions or early All Japan factions where it was built around one big guy like the one big, you know, brand of a guy yeah. and then everyone else was built around him. But that wasn't the case at all. That was truly not the case. It, there was more like the drama was being pushed by these big six, but the units were still very much volatile and changing. Yeah, it, it was more of a case of them trying to get everybody involved and elevate everybody they can. Because, I mean, of course, they had the Toriman guys who were like elevated already, but they have this new generation and even more generations after that, new people coming into the company, they needed to elevate them to that same level. So they're valuable assets to push and market. So it was very much, while it's considered the big six era, because it's the rise of the big six, it was an era to elevate everybody in the company itself. So I think what's really interesting to me is that, and I felt this way back when I first started watching Pro, I didn't really watch Dragon Gate, but when I was getting into Puro, it was Jimmy's, Mad Blanky, Millennials, like that, those were all the big factions. So I knew those names, but what comes across in the information that you guys are presenting and then just like kind of thinking this through, Dragon Gate and the, at least the way that the storylines come across to me, they're almost more cinematic in how these storylines come across than some of the other major Puro promotions. And it makes me think about to Tajiri in All Japan and his his concept of high fantasy 
in wrestling and promoting high fantasy. And we're seeing that, I think, in All Japan in the way that the performers are responding to that and responding to the way Tajiri is trying to teach them his philosophy of pro wrestling. But I think that that concept sort of exists already within Dragon Gate, because that's what comes across to me when I'm hearing you guys talk about these storylines within the factions and the warfare and the constant like dismantling of these factions and the different changing of the groups. It really comes across as extremely high fantasy and cinematic to me. And that's perhaps why these things work, but would never work in other promotions. As much as a lot of Dragon Gate fans don't want to admit it, this is kind of because of Ultimo's time in WCW. So he learned a lot of like American style booking tricks and he taught them that when they were in the dojo, it was just basically, uh, hey, we're Lucha Libre with junior heavyweight wrestling with some of the stuff from Joshi and American wrestling, and we're going to do it. And it should not work, but somehow it's working and it's been going strong for this long. <laughs> and no, it's a great point. Rachel was just saying, like, that's exactly why Tajiri has his concept of high fantasy and what that means and what he's trying and why you'll start to see some of those more like WWE influences on maybe some of the way that they're doing the storytelling in all Japan but I think it all comes from the same influences it doesn't have to be a, a bad thing I certainly don't perceive it to be a and, I'm, and granted I'm saying this is someone who doesn't watch a lot of Dragon Gate but it doesn't come across as a bad thing when you guys are talking through some of the storylines it's actually rather compelling at least it's the way it comes across to me the best way I describe Dragon Gate is it's like a novella like literally there's so much like what we've been talking about a lot of the stuff is childish but there's like real life stuff in it like you lindeman turned evil because he got his heart broken by his crush it's just it's like a novella it's like you said it's like a movie it's just it's entertainment and i mean it works and i love it all right so let's uh move on to our next era which we've sort of labeled as the rebuilding era which is a very very interesting uh, concept, especially when uh, compared to the transitionary era, as it were. So please go ahead, take it away. This era is probably the most difficult era within the company, because while there were a lot of good things that took place during this time, there was a lot of bad too. Like ultimately hardship after hardship with the eventual departures of Akira Tozawa, Shingo Takagi, and the future Stronghearts trio split, Dragon Gate really entered a hard rebuilding phase. They took some risks and elevated some new stars. They wanted to overcome their biggest challenge, and that was creating new young stars for the future. One of the first major changes in the company would be Akira Tozawa announcing first his participation in WWE's 2016 Cruiserweight Classic Tournament and eventually signing with the company, which would eventually lead to the disbanding of Monster Express before his departure. Dragon Gate would also form a unit known as Overgeneration, meant to be a perfect blend of experienced veterans, young up-and-comers, and talented rookies all working together to help put the company in its new era now that one of their biggest stars had left to achieve personal goals. Overgeneration was a Shima-led group that consisted of himself, Gamma, Dragon Kid, Eita, El Lindaman, Punch Tominaga, and newcomers Takahiro Yamamura and Kaito Ishida. The unit was unfortunately mostly unsuccessful in their endeavors, as Linda and Punch would turn on the unit in 2016 to join Berserk. And while Eita saw much success as both Brave Gate champion and winner of the Summer Adventure Tag League with Dragon Kid, he would also turn on the unit to join Berserk and reunite with his old friend T-Hawk. In May of 2018, the second major shift in the company would happen as Shima, 
T-Hawk, El Lindemann, and Takahiro Yamamura would leave the company to strike out on their own as the Stronghearts in OEWE and later Glee. This left the unit down to four members, Gamma, Dragon Kid, Kaito Ishida, and Mondai Ryu, where they would be forced to disband on July 5th, 2018 by Auntie Us. As previously mentioned, Yamato was kicked out of Berserk during the Dead or Alive cage match, but he was helped out by unitless roster members KZ, Yosuke Santamaria, and a returning BB Hulk would unite to form a unit known as Tribe Vanguard, donning a primarily white, green, camo, and gray color scheme. This unit would see Yamato rise to the role of a traditional ace for Dragon Gate, as he won his record-tying fourth Dreamgate title and would go on to reign for 421 days. This unit would also see members UT and KZ rise to the next level, as UT would get his first ever Brave Gate title match and KZ would get his first Dreamgate challenge. Both would unfortunately fail, but this failed Dreamgate challenge would give KZ the courage to strike out on his own as he would leave the unit so he could stand shoulder to shoulder with his once classmates like Yamato and Hulk, wanting to do what his good friend Tozawa couldn't and capture the Dreamgate. This unit would be one of many that was sealed during the much divisive Generation War era. The next unit to be born would be the Doichi unit known as Maximum. This unit would bring together not just the beloved and permanent reunion of Doyoshi, but also brought in a wave of youth such as Kotoka, Big R Shimizu, and newcomer Ben K. They would later be joined by Hong Kong wrestler Jason Lee on November 8th, 2017. The group would enjoy some decent success early on as they captured the Twin and Triangle Gate, but would soon suffer the same fate as most units during this time, as Kotoka would announce his retirement. Later, they would be betrayed by both Shimizu and Ben, who defected to the unit Antias under Eita and Shingo's guidance. They would bounce back by having former over-generation members Kaito Ishida and Dragon Kid join their ranks and would see more success come their way, as on June 10th, 2018, Yoshino captured the Dream Gate for the fourth and final time of his career. Dragon Kid would capture the Brave Gate and defeat Eita in a Lucha de Apuestas, and later Ishida would also capture the Brave Gate off Sumio Kasuka, who took the title off Dragon Kid. This run of good luck would not last, sadly, as Yoshino would drop the Dream Gate to a returning Pac, who had joined up with R.E.D. This unit would be one of many sealed during the Gen War. Before we talk about R.E.D., though, we briefly have to cover one of the smaller, albeit popular, units known as Dojo Mochizuki or Mochi Dojo. This unit was very much in line with the rest of the units of the time period in that it was focused on the youth being mentored by one of the pillars of Dragon Gate, Masaki Mochizuki, who agreed to coach them, but reminded them that they were free to come and go as they wished, as in his eyes, they were not an official unit. He was joined by rising stars such as Shun Skywalker, Yuki Yoshioka, Hyo Watanabe, alongside rookies like Kota Minora and later Kisuke Okuda. The group was, not surprisingly, given most were still fresh into their careers, not very successful, but did manage to get a few triangle and even a twin gate shot as the members grew and grew. Eventually, the unit would be sealed in preparation for the Gen War. So now this one is more like your traditional sumo stable all Japan unit where you have your your main mentor and then all of his wards around him. So I find it very interesting that in his eyes, he didn't call them an official stable where in any other company it absolutely would be and it would be you know a very typical stable so that's that's very interesting to me that he uh he sort of says that it's not it wasn't because they could enter and leave 
as they please because Shun, whenever there was this big cage match where somebody would be forced to be expelled from their unit, but if uh, if they had captured one of the flags, they could choose to keep their unit the same or they could kick somebody out. And Shun won, but he ultimately decided to kick himself out so he could try to do bigger things. So Yeah, like it wasn't, in Mochi's eyes, it wasn't an official unit, but I mean, they had an arm sleeve, a logo. A logo. I, I don't think they actually had a unit theme, Mm-mm. but they did have a unit CD that had all the themes of the available members. So, you know, Mochi can think what he wants, but I think it was an official unit to the company at least. Now, shall we dance kick out 2.99 listeners? Because it's time to talk about natural vibes. This group was brought together after KZ's first Dreamgate challenge failure, as he decided to strike out on his own. Antias took this as a chance to try and recruit him, whether he wanted to join or not, though. After he turned them down in May 2018, he was saved by former Jimmy's members Susumu Yokosuka and Genki Horiguchi. They would later be joined by Punch Tominaga and Brother Yashi. Their mission? To bring a fun and exciting atmosphere to everywhere Dragon Gate goes and show that wrestling can bring joy to all through the power of their energetic music and dance moves. The original trio would capture the Triangle Gate and break the record for most successful defenses by racking up a grand total of six, which given how difficult it is for units to keep this title is an impressive accomplishment on its own. Within the group, Susumu would also capture the Open the Brave Gate championship, helping not only revitalize the belt, but gave several younger stars such as UT, Jason Lee, Yosuke Santa Maria, Flamita, and Kaito Shida some much-needed breakout performances to help them reach the next level of their careers. After the Christmas show on December 18, 2019, the unit was suspended in preparation for the Gen War as Susumu and Genki joined Torimon Sedai, while Keizi and Punchy would join DG Generation. Now it's finally time to talk about real extreme diffusion, aka RED, the final evolution of what was once Berserk, as it became known that Shingo Takagi was going to leave Dragon Gate. They used this unit to elevate the lone Berserker, Eita. On September 2018, Eita would usurp Shingo and claim Antios as his own before renaming it to Real Extreme Diffusion based off his love of extreme lucha. He started by promising several new members into the group, first bringing in Kazuma Sakamoto to join their ranks, quickly followed by an old friend of his from Mexico in the form of Daga. His biggest surprise he saved for Shingo's last Korokin show as a member of Dragon Gate, as he shocked not just the fans in the arena, but fans worldwide when he revealed that Pac, fresh off leaving the WWE, had returned home to Dragon Gate, and he was fully in the corner of Eita and R.E.D., this shocking turn of events would lead to Pac rather quickly capturing the Dreamgate Championship off of former mentor and unit mate Masato Yoshino on December 4th, 2018. The unit saw lots of highs as they would capture both the Twin and Triangle Gate, six times each while boasting four Brave Gate reigns, and even more surprisingly, three Dream Gate reigns, quite possibly a record for any unit. The unit's membership would be bolstered by the addition of members like Diamante, Hyo, BB Hulk, Kaito Ishida, Kai, SB Kento, Daya Inferno, and Shun Skywalker. If there was ever a unit that helped build a lot of young stars off the launches they got from their seniors, RED is definitely one of them. Pac essentially 
saved Dragon Gate with his Dreamgate run because he went on that big run and he had all that fanfare after leaving WWE. So people were going to watch whatever he was doing. He went on that big run. He gave Casey a big performance uh, while Casey had another Dreamgate shot while he was leaving after Vibes. And then he, Pac went undefeated for like that entire like year plus period that he had been out of WWE and like wouldn't lose whenever he was on outside shows outside of Dreamgate because he was Dreamgate champion. And he saved all of that just to put over Ben K at Kobe World and give Ben his first and at this point only run with the belt to solidify him as a new star of the new generation. He did a lot. And uh, I just want to give him props because, yeah, I mean, that's when AEW launched and he was supposed to be yeah. facing Hangman and he ended up not facing him because I think Hangman was supposed to win or whatever the case was. And he was like, nah, I gotta, I'm trying to save this loss for this guy over here in Dragon Gate. And, you know, it was just really nice. Yeah, and I think to credit, that's a lot of the importance of having these veterans and these big names and these big stars in these units and things like that and having these veteran units because you can see when it works, it works. And when people are dedicated to getting people over, it does show. So yeah, definitely huge, uh, huge props to Pac and to RED for um, being a unit that forwards that, which we will definitely talk about as we get into this generation war, which I find a very, very interesting period in Dragon Gate history. So I'm eager to talk a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, I'll hold my thoughts. I'll hold my thoughts in this generation yeah. war to the end. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's chat a little bit about the other two units that were in the cursed generation war. First was the Toriumon generation. It was assembled when Ultimo Dragon was asked to join the promotion full-time by his students, and he accepted. The Generation War was started in January of 2020, and the Torimon Generation was only for students of Ultimo Dragon or any strong connection to Torimon. The main feuds were centered around Dragon Gate Generation and RED. However, here are a few things that are noteworthy. This group would be where we got to see Naruki Doi's second Dreamgate run. Kenichiro Arai would win his first belt in a long time in Dragon Gate alongside Dragon Kid and Ryo Saito. Susumu Yokosuka would hold All Japan's World Junior Heavyweight Championship during this time, and Doi even went on to the King of Gate Finals as Dreamgate Champion. After the closure of Wrestle 1, Shuji Kondo returned to Dragon Gate once again. It's his home promotion now, but he still remains freelance for the most part. The group was demanded to be disbanded by Hyo, who won a battle royale where he'd get one wish. He wished for the disbandment of Torimon, but they rebelled because they're not just a unit, they're a family. With the blessing of Dragon, they agreed to a losing unit must disband match at Final Gate 2020, where they would lose to RED and be forced to disband. And now let's talk about the final and honestly most confusing unit in this war, the Dragon Gate Generation. It was formed on December 18, 2009 by Yamato, Keizi, and former Dream Gate champion Ben K. Keizi and Yamato suspended their unit activities for this war, and this unit would be composed of wrestlers from the Dragon Gate system. Their ultimate goal would be to surpass the Torimon generation and establish their generation as the future of the company. However, also included in the Dragon Gate generation were Kai, who was trained in All Japan, and Kisuke Okuda, who was trained in DDT. Granted, they joined because of their respective friendships with Yamato and Benkei. Jason Lee also wasn't trained at Dragon Gate. 
Also, despite being trained there, the rookies were not included in the Dragon Gate generation. During the time together, this unit had some pretty decent success in regards to championships. Dragon Daya, Ben K, and Strong Machine J almost immediately captured Hope in the Triangle Gate Championships, with Kota Minora and Jason Lee even becoming the Twin Gate Champions. Kisuke Okuda would also be the one to stop the monster reign of Kaito Ishida as Hope in the Brave Gate Champion. During the six-man cage match at Dangerous Gate 2020 on September 21st, Kai turned on Dragon Gate Generation and joined R.E.D., which was a stipulation in the match. If Kai escaped first, he had to join the heel unit. In that same cage match, there was a stipulation if Eita didn't escape first, then he'd have to defend the Dream Gate against a member of DG Generation. If he lost the match entirely, he'd have to join DG Gen. Jay, Daya, and Ben K also lost the Triangle Belts on that same show. The one time DG Gen actually got ahead in this war was when they pulled a coup on R.E.D. where Kisuke Okuda went undercover as R.E.D. began teasing a new member. When it, came, when it came to reveal time, Okuda revealed himself before attacking Kaito Ishida and revealing this was a well-thought-out plan by Dragon Gate Generation. However, after that, the failures and departures started to pile up. The final nail in the coffin was when Daya, Jason, and Minora left to join Shun Skywalker's new unit, Masquerade. After falling to them multiple times to close out the year, Yamato decided to officially end the group on the final show of 2020, leaving R.E.D. as the winners of the Generation War. So the interesting thing, this Generation War is very interesting to me. It's very more similar to things like Marufuji disbanding all the units um, to fight Suzuki-Goon, like in all of the ceiling, all these units ended in preparation for this war. And it was still very interesting because you still have R.E.D., you still have this huge heel unit kind of running around and they ended up winning the war. So I wanted to sort of know your thoughts on that and what it sort of means that you have this generation war, but the people who are actually fighting for their generation, neither of them won. So I want to get your takes on that one. I'll I'll, I'll go first because I'm in my Alicia talking triple crown Yoshitatsu hate mode right now because I hate this generation war (laughs) and everything. So one, that was a big issue because once again, R.E.D. is comprised of so many different generations. So it's like whatever. But I mean, at least there was... I mean, in this case, this would have been another junction situation where it would have made more sense for them to band together because everybody's issues is with R.E.D. Like, yeah, Dragon Gate Generation says they want to surpass Torimon, but overall, everybody's issues is with R.E.D. So it just, but I, like I said, I think this is only, this was only done because Yoshino was announcing his retirement. That's, that was going to be his last year before the world shut down. And they probably just want to get him one last year with his buddies. That's all I think. And that's, you know, it's a lot of speculation, but it is interesting. Yeah. Um, What are your takes? What would you say, Zachy? I don't like generation wars to begin with, but I did like how at least Toriumon ended because it was the right way to end it. They went out with the exact kind of thing that veterans should do. They put over the younger guys while still looking strong. And, uh, while I was watching the show where they lost, like they played out the whole theme for uh, the Torimon generation. And right as it ended, it bled into the Dragon Gate song. So it's like, yes, this is the, this is the symbolic passing of the torch from the Torimon guys 
So for that, I can't fully hate it. But a lot of this, was, and granted, some of this was out of their control, what with COVID and all this stuff and not being able to have fans in the arena and whatnot. So, you know, it can't be helped. They had to go off for four months, I believe. They weren't running any shows in Japan before they could return. So, like, I can get that. But still, like, what they came back with didn't start picking up till it was already at the end. And by that point, they just wanted to end it. So it's like, ah, oh, this really sucks because it's finally getting good, but everything's ending. Like you could already feel the endings coming. So it's like, okay, well, I get why, because they want to keep their timetable, but it was one of the, it's another big, what if they had all the proper time? Because rumors had it that there were going to be a few outsiders joining and or yeah, being Mar Fuji was supposed yeah. uh Mar Fuji was supposed to do King of Gate that year, but King of Gate got canceled because of show shutting down and stuff. Yeah, so it was like I really wonder who else they would have brought in and like whatnot, but it is what it is. I'm not a big fan of this. I'm not to the level of Javi, but like I said, if if they didn't give Torimon Generation that ending, I probably would be. The Torimon Generation completely saved it for me they were the ultimate baby face unit of this group because it was just a bunch of guys being dudes <laughs> my last thought before we move into other things it also didn't make sense that during this generation war yamato who was supposed to be one of the leaders and guiders of the dragon gate generation was extremely selfish like legit he got in the way of so many of the things the Dragon Gate Generation were trying to do because he wanted to get revenge on Kai. And then when uh, Jason got sick and him and Koda had to vacate the Twin Gate belts, Yamato stepped up to be Koda's uh, partner because he wanted to get back at Kai and Hulk. And that probably played into not necessarily wanting to help Koda reclaim the belts he never lost. He just wanted to settle a grudge. So I think that also played into it. And I was just like, it's, it just made sour me very quickly. And it is interesting that your older generation, your Torimon generation, are your big baby faces here, whereas um, that the Dragon Gate generation were a little more selfish and a little more heelish. But yeah, no, I think that's, that is a really interesting sort of point you have there. Let's uh, sort of talk about, I guess, the reason more or less that DG generation failed. And let's uh, talk a little bit about Masquerade. Yes, Masquerade. This unit was because Shun Skywalker had returned home from Mexico during the middle of the Generation War, and he immediately won the Open the Dreamgate Championship at the biggest show of the year on November 15, 2020. However, he only competed in singles matches, but on December 2, 2020, he would change that as he convinced Dragon Daya, Jason Lee, and Kota Minora to leave Dragon Gate Generation to join his new unit. This group and its aesthetic took from the Carnival of Venice, and they would be pretty dominant to end out the year, defeating Dragon Gate Generation and even adding the debuting La Estrella to their ranks. Then, at the start of 2021, they would enter the feud that would define their run, Masquerade versus R.E.D. Gaia, Estrella, and Jason became Open the Triangle Gate champions. Jason, Shun, and Kota entered the 2021 King of Gate representing the group. Minoru was the star of the tournament, defeating Yamato to go to the finals, where he would unfortunately lose to KZ. 
Kota challenged for the Dreamgate Championship for the first time against Yamato at Dangerous Gate 2021, but failed. While this was going on, Dragon Daya and Daya Inferno had begun feuding again. Shun also got into a feud of his own with Diamante that resulted in Diamante on numerous occasions ripping off Shun's mask. Ultimately, as the feud escalated, now general manager Ryo Saito decided there needed to be an end. He booked Shun and Daya versus Inferno and Diamante in a match on December 1st, 2021, where the person who was pinned loses their mask. In that match, Shun sacrificed Daya to protect his own mask and betrayed the trust of Masquerade. When SBK made fun of Daya for having to unmask, Inferno unmasked, revealing himself to be the man who was with Shun in Mexico, Yuki Yoshioka. Naturally, the rest of the unit wanted nothing to do with him, but Shun insisted everything was fine. On December 15, 2021, he managed to get a triangle gate match for himself, Kota, and Jason, which they won. However, Kota said he's not satisfied. He wanted a match with Shun, and if Shun lost, he had to leave Masquerade, and he didn't care about the belts. He'll vacate them if Shun lost. During the singles match on December 26th, Shun took off his mask and threw it at Kota while the ref isn't looking, and he won by disqualification, thus only widening the gap between them. During this, Naruki Doi began recruiting Kota to be the centerpiece of his new unit, citing he couldn't trust Shun at all and he didn't need Masquerade. Jason, Kota, and Shun lost the belts to R.E.D. to kick off 2022, and that's when Shun finally snapped and was convinced by his dojo classmate Hill to join R.E.D. Daya came back that same night, unmasked, announcing he was done with the unit and formed a team with Yuki Yoshioka. Jason and Kota formally put the unit to rest on February 4th as Minora accepted Doi's invitation into his unit. So yeah, that sort of, um, you would say, rebuilt the promotion to where it is now, which would lead us into that current era. So that's really interesting to see how we all got there and got to where we are now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Masquerade is especially interesting because I know Zachy can vouch for this because we all watched uh, whenever they formed and we were like, oh, these are a bunch of young guys. This is a unit for the future. And they like last barely a year, <laughs> if give or take. And I think granted, a lot I said there for yeah. that. Yeah, a lot of um, and we're going to talk about this in the end and sort of the booking philosophies that yeah. Dragon Gate has. But I think that that definitely is very indicative of like, yes, it could have lasted forever, but they wanted to push the story first over pushing this unit as a brand. Yeah, it'll all work out as we uh, talk in this current era. So uh, getting into the current day landscape of Dragon Gate, let's talk about Natural Vibes 2.0. As mentioned, KZ was one of the leaders of the Dragon Gate generation. But after that loss to Ida for the Dreamgate Championship, he practically lost every match that he was in to cap off 2020, like leaving them in a funk, which is a bad look for the lead. After the DG Jin was disbanded on the very same night, Casey laid in the ring just defeated because, I mean, probably kind of felt like it was his fault. He had lost every match and even the match that night, so he failed as a leading this new generation. Uh, but Genki Horiguchi and Susumu Yokosuka, who are now of the disbanded Torimon generation, came down and essentially said Natural Vibes was never disbanded, only suspended. So they wanted to reform, but they needed Casey to be their leader. Casey, you know, he, he kind of cried up a little bit, but he eventually accepted the invitation. 
and they began not only starting with those three core members, but they were looking for more. They wanted to add. Not before they would capture the Open the Triangle Gate Championships, though. The Natural Vibes live dance rehearsals, so they held dance rehearsals opposed to going and scouting members because they, they have a group dance they do. So they're like, all right, we're going to hold dance rehearsals and whoever we like, we're going to add to the unit. Uh, so the members that were selected were UT and Rookie Takedo Kame. Uh, Kame would be renamed Funky Jackie Kame and later Jackie Funky Kame after uh, the people who did his entrance theme song kind of got his name on. So he was like, all right, I'll just change it. <laughs> the OG Vibes trio lost the Triangle Gate belts to Masquerade, uh, the team of Jason Lee, Dragon Die, and Australia at Dead or Alive 2021. Uh, UT on that same night also failed in his quest to capture the Brave Gate Championship, which is the belt he's wanted since he started being a fan. However, things were only up and up for Natural Vibes as KZ won his first ever King of Gay in 2021. They also added King Shimizu to the unit after saving him from an attack. And that was something he felt like he wanted to repay and wanted to fight alongside Natural Vibes. This paid off also as him and Susumu quickly captured the Open the Twin Gate Championships. Genki even won the Brave Gate Championship for one night on July 31st. But their leader, always the bridesmaid, never the bride, Failed again to capture the Open the Dream Gate Championship. After the match was shown, Casey opted to get the surgery he needed because he had this uh, plate, I want to say, in his ankle. He wanted to get that fixed. Till then, UT kind of took over the role in the dance and leading things with the mic until he would return and, you know, resume his position. Kame, in this time, he broke out. He got two chances at the Open the Brave Gate Championship. He failed against his dojo rival, SP Kento, but these were moments that wiped away the worries early on in natural vibes that he simply wasn't ready for a unit this reassured everybody that he was ready shimizu and susumu lost the twin gate and the unit just stayed quiet for the rest of 2021 really 2022 came and then they started off the year hot with kz ut and kame claiming the vacant triangle gate belts but they lost them in their first defense kz and susumu participated in kinesis retirement match Afterwards, Kness asked Susumu how long would he continue to be as KZ's helpers that fans wanted to see Dreamgate Susumu. They wanted to see main event Susumu. Uh, this led Susumu to work up the courage to challenge Kai for the Open the Dreamgate Championship. But Kai said, okay, but there's going to be a stipulation. But he didn't say what yet. Then at this same time, Natural Vibes were looking to expand even more because High End and Zebrats have also been trying to get Jason Lee into their unit after Shun had basically said that Jason is his property and no other unit is allowed to take what belongs to him. But, you know, eventually GM stepped in and said, okay, no more of this. We're going to have a match and the winner will get not, they won't get Jason Lee, but they will get the rights to negotiate. So on this night, Jason had seemed like he was going to join Zebrats because he started to play into the heel role, even low blowing his friend Ho Ho Moon looking a little bit more, bit more evil. And during this match, there was a double pinfall that led Zebrats and Natural Vibes to technically be the winners. So they both got to plead their case. But uh, Jason, in kind of a rerun of what Shun did when he accepted his invitation to R.E.D., shook Shun's hand. And as Shun was gloating, he kicked him in the head and pronounced that he was faking. And he outsmarted Zebrats and he would be joining Natural Vibes. But before they could really celebrate, Kai decided to rain on the parade a little bit. He told Susumu finally what their conditions would be. He stated that if he won, not only did Susumu have to go back to using his real name, making his personal and professional life one of the same yet again, 
but he would also have to leave his friends and leave natural vibes. Susumu failed, and afterwards, a fired-up Yankee said that he would also leave the unit to aid Susumu. All the other unit members were off guard about this, a lot of them tearing up, especially Casey, but he told Casey this unit was started to get him to that next level. And for him to look around and look at all these new young natural vibes members, this was all due to his leadership. He would continue to support Casey from afar, but ultimately he didn't need them anymore. A crime Casey thanked both Susumu and Genki before moving forward with this new era as the elder statesman of natural vibes. They wouldn't remain down a member for too long as Strong Machine Jay joined the group uh, on June 2nd. Casey said he was amazed by Jay's breakdancing background and wanted him to carve his own path as Strong Machine Jay and not just the son of Super Strong Machine. Vibes were challenged for the Triangle Gate belts twice after Jay joined, once against Peros de Mao de Japon, which they lost, and then another in a three-way at Kobe World 2022, which they also lost. However, Jason and Jackie captured the Open the Twin Gate Championships, and that gained them some momentum to where we are at now. On to High End. Uh, high End was born essentially how y'all said Amu was like the fuck you Kenta Club. This was that same antidote, but for R.E.D. <laughs> um, Yamato wanted to get his revenge on Kai for turning on him still, and Dragon Kid wanted to exact revenge on S.P. Kento for unmasking him, as well as avenge the Toriman generation. After defeating Kai and SPK in a tag match, Yamato asked Dragon Kid to form a unit with him, and Dragon Kid, who is always so clean, he accepted. But he decided, hey, we only have two members. But then Brave Gate champion Keisuke Okuda and Ben K came down asking to join as well. Kagator will also later join the unit after he trialed all the units and decided he liked Kai in the best, which is funny because during it, he... After he was cycled the units, he said that high-end was the least interesting one he was a part of. They were able to come out on top on this feud with R.E.D. as Dragon Kid defeated S.P. Kento in the Dead or Alive tag match, which caused him to get his head shaved, and Yamato finally defeated Kai once and for all. Or so we thought. Every member of the unit failed to win the 2021 King of Gate tournament, but Yamato handed Shin Skywalker his first loss since he returned from Mexico which allowed him to call his shot and ask for the winner of KZ versus Shun Skywalker at the Speed Star Final, where Yamato did capture the Open the Dreamgate Championship. Yamato made successful defenses against Kota Minora, BB Hawk, and stablemate Ben Pei, yet Kai re-emerged wanting to face Yamato again now that he was Dreamgate Champion. To the shock of everyone, Kai defeated Yamato to capture the belt at Final Gate 2021 on December 26th. A common theme with High End, though, is that they always lose when opportunities at the Twin or Triangle Gate belt, like, comes up. This is a common talking point for the unit, saying they've accomplished nothing together, so they're not really a strong unit. They seemingly can't get a team accomplishment under their belt, and that has continued on into 2022. The future is up in the air right now. Okuda left Dragon Gate, and it seems like the unit might not make it to 2021 with the way things are going. Now, let's talk a little bit about D-Courage. Uh, this is kind of breaking the little format a bit, but essentially this unit is what this entire year of 2022 has been built around as far as in Dragon Gate. Dragon Die, when he returned, and Yuki Yoshioka, when he also returned, decided that they were going to form a team together, and they wanted to capture the Twin Gate Championships after Daya had beaten one half of the champions and the Brave Gate champion, SB Kento, for the belts. And, or for the Open the Brave Gate belt, and they challenged CEO and SB Kento the next day and won. They went on to have a successful run as Twin Gate champions before they fell to Shun Skywalker and Diamante. 
However, they ended up turning their fortunes around as Yuki Oshioka carved his own path, winning King of Gate and winning the Dream Gate Championship at Kobe World. Their name comes from the D in Dragon Diet and Yuki meaning courage. They now have added Madoka Kikuda as the bench hitter for the team, as they are only two members, but Kikuda said he will offer up his services whenever they see fit. Now, on to Zebras, which is another rebrand of RAD after Ida's leadership this time, starting a new era officially on February 5th, especially now that they've added Shun Skywalker and their new leader Kai had a run as Dream Day champion. Zebrats have had a short but dominant run thus far in Dragon Gate. Kai was Dream Gate champion, turning back any and all challengers. Shun began targeting Jason Lee and claiming he was his property. After being turned down, Shun turned his attentions to taking the Twin Gate belts alongside Diamante, which he gaslighted Dragon Daya into defending, although he already had a scheduled defense of the Brave Gate that night. Shun's mission, despite turning heel, so to speak, and joining this evil faction, is still to reach the top of Dragon Gate. Kai lost the Dream Gate belt on July the 30th at Kobe World. The same night, Shun and Diamante lost the Twin Gate belts. However, Yo captured the Brave Gate belt, and he stopped the unit from being beltless. After losing the fellow stablemate Yo, Espy Kento announced that he would be going to the U.S. and Mexico on excursion to be the best version of himself he can possibly be. And at this time, Shun Skywalker has started a mission to phase out the old leaders like KZ and Yamato to usher in the new era of the younger generation taking over Dragon Gate, which is interesting for you to say. And it's also interesting (laughs) that a lot of these heel factions I've noticed have been sort of evolved on each other. You have Antias and then you have R.E.D. and then you have Z-Brats and then, you know, how Berserk comes into that too. It's very, very interesting that um, your big heel faction tends to feed from the previous big heel faction. So I, I think that's kind of cool that there's that trickle down rather than big betrayals to make a big yeah. heel faction. Been interesting to say the least. I think Zebrats is in a weird spot. As with the rest of these units we're going to talk about, everything's still in kind of another transition period where they're still trying to figure things out. But it's kind of interesting that Shun, despite being killed, is just like, I want to push the future of Dragon Gate forward. I don't want these old veterans in our way. Now, on the gold class, this is a unit that Maruki Doi wanted to start with Kota Minora as a centerpiece in early 2022. Doi was teaming with Takashi Yoshida. As he jokingly said at Masaru Yoshino's retirement, he wanted to start a new Doi Yoshi with Yoshida, but it eventually came out to be true. And it seemed like Yoshida would also be in this unit. Doi stated that his purpose for his unit was he wanted to get female attendance back to where it was in the 90 percentile. After finally getting Minora to join his unit, they aided Yoshida in his failed Dream Gate challenge on February 4th. That's when the news was broke to Yoshida that he would not be in the unit. And instead, it would be the newly ex-RED member Kaito Ishida. Doi then also told Minora he had a special present for him. On March 3rd, the unit name and song was debuted, and that's when the present was also revealed. It was class of 2021 rookie Takumi Hayakawa dressed as Minora. Doi's explanation is that every big star in Mexico has a mini, so Minorita will be Minora's mini. This unit was perceived to be faces, but the ways they used Minorita were seen to be very heel-like, like he would run around the ring and cause the other team to chase after him. He would get involved. They called themselves a four-man trio. It was very weird. They went on to win the Open the Triangle Gate Championships from Natural Vibes, but they dropped in their first defense to the invading Pharaohs. 
A combination of this and Kota Minora failing in the King of Gate finals caused the units to caused the unit to call for a gear shift at the Tori Mononin show in June, where they hinted at a heel turn, stating that y'all can watch this old wash Tori Mon generation. However, gold class is going to heat things up in the Dragon Gate. After this, Ishida had gotten injured, so they were rolling with a trio. Their heel turn was finalized when Kota Minora attacked Kai and Suji Kondo with a steel chair during their Dreamgate Championship match on July 7th. He did this in protest because, simply put, he beat Kondo in King of Gate whenever he got back in, and he stated why should Kondo get a shot even though Kondo beat Kai during the tournament. But after this, he declared that he was going to be the next challenger. And then King of Gate winner Yuki Yoshioka said, hey, I need my shot because I won. And we need to resolve this. And Kondo also stated that he knew GM Saito was not going to allow something like this to happen. So a three-way was made where the winner of the match got to call their shot and pick which night at Kobe World they wanted for their championship match. And the person who was the first one eliminated wouldn't get a shot at all. And the person that was the second eliminated for the deciding fall would get the shot that the other person didn't pick. So Minora won this match and also gave Yoshioka his first pinfall loss since returning to Dragon Gate as himself. And he said that he's going to let Kai and Yoshioka wear themselves out and he's going to take his shot on night two and walk in and walk out as Dream Gate champion. And right before Kobe World was announced, Gold Class hit another brick in the road, really, as Kaito Ishida said that he had left Dragon Gate and it was announced properly knocking them back down to just three members. They offered Yamato a spot after uh, Kota Minora fell to capture the Dreamgate Championship, and they were back on the recruiting trail, so to speak. But Yamato so far has declined, but they're still persistent in wanting him to join. Like I said, this feels like an extended unit shuffle for Dragon Gate, but uh, Gold Class may stick around just for the purpose of pushing Minora forward, but right now it's just hard to tell. And M3K was born as a rehash of the original M2K is the easiest way to explain it. But this one's a little bit different. Um, Saki Mochizuki wanted to do an M2K reunion for the Toy Mon reunion show on June 3rd, 2022. But Darkness Dragon had retired, so they were down a member. And after he was saved by this rookie, Masaharu Eto, who had yet to debut, he offered him a spot to debut on this show. And at this time... Susumu and Kondo were kind of confused by the situation, stating that Masaharu Eto's surname didn't begin with an M, so or K, so he didn't have the right to be there. However, Mochi made up his mind, and at the reunion, Mochi revealed that Eto was actually his son, Ryoto Mochizuki, and that they would be going forward as M3K. After winning in the main event, they announced they would be coming to Dragon Gate, and Ultimo renamed Ryoto to Mochizuki Jr. In this old M2K philosophy, the matches always ended in a double countout, but with the M3K philosophy, they're going for a double countout, but they're also trying to get Mochizuki Jr. back into the ring so he can get the win. This was very effective, eventually led to them getting a Triangle Gate match at Kobe World 2022, where they took the belts back from Noah Unit, Peros Damalde, Capone, making their first successful defense the very next night. Currently, the Mochizuki father and son tandem are feuding with Ishin Ihashi and his dad, Koshin Ishin Riki. Ishin believes Mochi Jr. isn't a champion and has had everything handed to him. However, this group's end goal is speculated to be a Mochi versus Mochi Jr. singles, but we'll just have to wait and see on that. So yeah, I, I think that one's very interesting as well because you have M2K has been reborn, what, four times? And this is the only one that sort of brought back that double count out, which I think is very interesting um, that it's a little almost more true to the original M2K. 
but yeah, that sort of catches us up to where we are. And thank you guys so much for sharing. I'm curious, um, Alicia, I know we've had some of your thoughts throughout the episode, but what are your thoughts on the history of Dragon Gate? It's really interesting to, uh, because I've sort of, I've never quite watched Dragon Gate, but you see so much just from being like on Twitter that it's nice to have like context to a lot of these factions, a lot of these names that I've never quite had before. So it's really interesting. And again, going back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, it's really interesting to see how many people um, that you might not even realize have crossed paths with DG at some point in their careers. That to me is always extremely fascinating, but I do have two like, questions right off the bat for you guys just in thinking so and we kind of touched on this a little bit before but I'm just curious to me so much of Puro is sort of hinged on these great factions that have become more than just factions they really just become like brands and they become like merchandise over time right so you have like burning you have evolution you have chaos you have just these factions that really have just become sort of larger than I think they um larger than just you know being a faction and then they kind of last forever as a result so my question is that with Draggy having so much change and so much so many factions and so much faction turnover is there a drawback to being a promotion where there is higher turnover of units do you think that that is a thing or in your opinion is that not really a thing I don't think it is because a lot of like once the units get their official name they come out usually with the new merch they come out with the new shirt that has their logo they come out with the rally towels they come out with a bunch of the stuff so it's like they everything gets made at the same time i'd imagine so it's basically just to get it while you can because once the unit's dead it's going to be hard to find but then you already have a new unit to pull for so i think it doesn't have that that much turnover but i could be wrong here I just know that finding like old Dragon Gate shirts is really hard. I think that's an interesting um, method if that's what they're going for, is that they, it almost pushes merch even more to be constantly changing these brands. So that's interesting. Yeah, so my thought process is very much the same that it's kind of a merch thing because they're not some company that's owned by this big conglomerate that can pump money into them. So they kind of have to go about these ways themselves with merch sales and with ticket sales to kind of, you know, survive. And essentially, I think that's probably the biggest catalyst probably for so many unit changes of that and to keep things, you know, interesting. Just to, I don't think there's much turnover as I would think there would be, but, you know, that's just my viewpoint. Everybody's viewpoint is different. Yeah, that's super fair. And I'm going to ask you something a little different. And this is just because... For, for me, like, I'm, I'm going to ask about Shingo Takagi because I love Shingo Takagi, but I only know New Japan, Los Ingos, Shingo Takagi, right? So hearing oh. about him in Dragon Gate is always really interesting because he comes across a little bit differently. And um, really the only, like, Shingo Dragon Gate I know is when I open up really old shoe pros and, like, it's all pictures of Shingo because he was really popular. So it's just interesting to hear more about his time in Dragon Gate through you both. And I'm gonna hopefully frame this question in a way that makes sense. But to me, Kenta moving from, we're gonna pretend WWE doesn't exist. Kenta moving from Noah. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. Kenta moving from Noah to New Japan, people want to act like that's not um, like his character between both companies isn't as seamless as it is, but really it is. He's pretty consistent. Like Kenta's kind of always Kenta. He's found a new lease on his career through being in New Japan, but he's still Kenta. He's still fucking Kenta, right? So like it works. <laughs> but with Shingo Takagi, I only really know him as the Shingo he is in New Japan and through Los Ingobernables. So I'm just curious if you guys still see Dragon Gate Shingo in um, Shingo now, or if like that's not something he's drawing on when he's in New Japan. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, so in my opinion, I think you can see little spurts as far as not just in the ring, but sometimes he'll be silly, like uh, at the AJPW and NJPW show where him and Yuma had the big trophy off and he's just kind of being a goofball. That's People always see Shingo as this straight-laced guy in New Japan who's the straight man of LIJ. And that was kind of what his role was in Monster Express, but it's not what he is. He's a silly guy who likes to have fun, and he's more so suited as a heel, in my opinion, because he's very arrogant, and you know that's when all his personality gets to come, gets to come out, and you get the full Shingo Takagi. Uh, as far as I feel that he's kind of condensed now in LIJ as you know being a face guy, he's kind of quiet. He's often the punching bag, of course, for Naito's shenanigans. <laughs> but, you know, I think there are some little bitty spurts here and there, but I think that there are two different entities, that Shingo then was Shingo then, this is Shingo now, this is how he's going to move forward. Yeah, I, I kind of got to agree, because, like, in-ring-wise, absolutely same guy. He will lariat your head off no matter what. But, like... uh there's a big difference between New Japan Shingo and Dragon Gate Shingo. And it's that in New Japan, he seems to have mellowed out compared to Dragon Gate, where he was always constantly calling people weaklings, turning on them, having no sense. Like, uh, Shingo is technically the last Owari Gate champion in Dragon Gate. And that belt, you don't win it by winning the match. You win it by fan vote. So fans were purposely having him win his title defenses. So he hated that belt so much, but it worked because it was like the big bad heel who just came off his top run is now the comedy gate champion and he hates it. And he's trying so hard to get rid of it, but the fans are loving him for it. And you can tell he's having a good time with it too, but he's playing it so straight laced. Like, Hey, no, this belt is garbage. It shouldn't exist in this promotion. Yada, yada. But yeah, like uh, in new Japan, he does still have those spurts where like, uh, he'll still show some of that nature. Like, <sighs> I hate to say it, but like against guys like Will, he still shows that I like, I have that disdain towards you and I think you're weaker than me, like he did for Hull, but it's not nowhere near the level of intensity. Like he doesn't feel like he has an actual rival. And despite what everyone in New Japan and myself just said, it isn't Will. They just haven't found the right guy for him yet. In I my heart, it should off. be show. I thought it was going to be show, but uh, show's yeah. probably just going to hang around in the juniors because <laughs> they don't another, care about juniors. But Definitely another conversation for another time there because I'm sure but, we all could go on and on about it. Yeah, but to cap that off, I think his ultimate rival in New Japan right now is the it's will and courage at this age to keep up with and surpass his animal Hamaguchi gym 
fellow student, Tetsuya Naito. They're in the same unit, but they're always at competition with each other. No, that's a good point. No, and I appreciate your your perspective on that because it's it's so interesting to sort of place him as such a heel in Dragon Gate when like to me, he comes across as not a straightforward baby face in New Japan, but because of the way the crowd can get behind him, like he really does come across, he can, he can come across that way very well um, in New Japan. So it just feels almost like two separate people sometimes that I can't merge. So it's just nice yeah. to have that perspective from both of you. Like, it, it, if anything, it shows perfectly that Shingo can do either role. Like, uh, me and Javi personally believe he's more suited for the heel role, but that could just be because we're so used to seeing mm. it from Dragon Gate. And New Japan fans obviously love him to death. I mean, why wouldn't you? He's such a great worker. So it's like, yeah, we can see how the babyface role works. Like, uh, his run as world champion recently proves that, hey, yeah, I can be not exact he gives me the same vibe as kento where he's like i'm a baby face but i'm still not gonna take your shit if i don't have to so <laughs> well thank you guys so much i think that was a, an exciting uh little adventure that we just uh, had there but, but yeah, yeah no that was, that was really interesting and um i learned a lot about dragon gate i know alicia did too and hopefully our listeners did as well so thank you guys so much for coming on we had a lot of fun and one more time can we do um where people can find you and plug anything that you're working on right now please uh yeah so uh you can find me at a dumb millennial, uh, which stems from the millennials we just talked about. But uh, you can find me there. You can find me at LWOS Xavier. That's where you will find my video edits, most of my articles, all that good jazz. That's more professional if you don't want to see me do stupid stuff. But I also have the Stardust Press podcast, which you can find on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. Once again, thank y'all for thinking about me. And this uh, show some appreciation to both of them, if you can, because this this was a this was a hard project there was a lot of units to deal with and got through it so yeah and you can find me at kiddo mega 91 on twitter or my podcast which will soon be starting up again at dg hurricane 91 on spotify and anchor thank you so much for having me guys i had a really fun time uh like javi said please show them some props this was a really fun i'll be a little stressful project but i had a great time i'm glad i got to speak on something i love with my friends so thank you for having me thank you all so much for listening to and supporting kick out as always we're so grateful for all of you and for your really kind feedback and super helpful comments please don't forget to subscribe to or follow us on your platform of choice so that you get our episodes first when they drop. And as always, subscribing to us and giving us a five-star review or rating on your preferred platform really does help us grow. Kickout helps us get seen by more people. So please help us out and do that. And if you want to find us on Twitter, you can always do that at kickout299. And then you can find me, Rachel, at Milky Star. That's M-I-I-K-Y star. And you can find Alicia at Kai with two eyes. Don't forget, you can go to our blog and check out the different articles and reviews and things that we have there. That's kickout299.wordpress.com. And if you want to submit questions or feedback, or if you have a pitch for the podcast or the blog, please send us an email at kickoutat299 at gmail.com. 
Coming up on September 27th, we have our deep dive on Suwama. We are both really excited for that. It's coming along really well, looking really fun so far. And as always, make sure you follow our Twitter to see what else we have planned for upcoming episodes and projects. Thank you all so much, and we'll talk to you soon.